I really don't know where I would be without running. It gives me so much in my life. I, I look to running to help me through anything that I'm going through in my life. You know, if there's any sort of tough times mentally, if I'm stressed at work, if I'm stressed with, you know, anything at home, uh, you know, money worries or any of that sort of thing, uh, getting out for a run always helps. It it helps me to to think things through. Uh, if I need to, it can help me forget about things for half an hour or an hour, however long it is. And but apart from that, I mean, just the mental well being uh, overall. I I don't find myself getting down as often as I used to. And physically, obviously, that's been a big difference as well. I probably lost a couple of stone in weight um, since I've been running uh, five or six years ago. But it's also helped me meet so many people. Uh, I've made lots of great friends through running. And it's also helped me to see uh, so many beautiful sights that I wouldn't have seen if I hadn't taken up running. Um, living in the northeast of Scotland, we're blessed with beautiful scenery that um, I think is best explored out in a run, um, out in the hills, on the coastlines, um, through the, the woods. You know, it's just fantastic. And it's so nice to get out and do that. And, and you couldn't do it to the same extent, you know, unless you're you're really going out to do it. And running is a great way to explore. So, yeah, I, th- I think running is absolutely amazing. Probably hasn't saved my life as such, but um, it's been a massively positive force in my life. I reckon everybody should give it a go. Welcome to episode five of the Explore Running podcast. I'm Callum Crichton and I'm joined by Jenny Reese Jenkins. How are you doing, Jenny? Hi, <laughs> good. As always, uh, the Explore Running podcast, it's about running stories, uh, happy stories, sad stories, funny stories, whatever. Um, and we chat with some very different guests and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but one thing we do at the start of the show is we always have a clip from a, from a listener um, telling us why or how running has saved their life. And it doesn't necessarily have to have saved your life, but um, just having a really positive force in your life. And um, we're running short of clips, so if you could please send us any clips, about a minute long, just give us that story, and uh, that would be really appreciated. And it doesn't matter how how good or not you think your your story is, it'll be interesting to everybody else, I'm sure. And some of the stuff we've had so far have been really powerful, so that'd be really appreciated. We've only got one or two left, so if we could get some more, that'd be great. Um, okay, uh, let's move on. What's been happening last couple of weeks, Jenny? London Marathon, wow. did it happen? Did it not happen? No, I've been on the, on the bench, I've been on the side... So, but good news is I got partially the all clear today to start potentially <laughs> thinking about running. That does not sound like the all clear, the partially all clear. Well, I can, <laughs> I've got some stuff I've got to do, I've got some physio stuff that I've got to do at home. Um, I now, we were a bit worried about the injury, so it's a ligament injury in my knee. 
um, and it could have been a bit worse, but thankfully, because I stopped running when I was told to, and have followed a regime of some Pilates and icing, and wow. not taking ibuprofen and doing a wee bit of massage, I am on the mend. So this oh, is well, good news. Good news. Yeah, that is good yeah, news. Yeah, totally. And not running London uh, was the right move. <laughs> ah. Oh yeah, I mean, if yeah. we spoke two weeks ago, you weren't sure because you know you didn't know whether it was an injury or or, or what was happening. Yeah. I'm obviously a bit knowing now that that's what the case is. You'd have knackered your knee if you'd try to run. Oh my god! Road. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, so that's Absolutely. Huge. Without a doubt, it would have been a disaster for me yeah. for the rest of the season. So yeah. it was um, good, you know, it was fantastic because I just, I tracked lots of people and mm -hmm. was able to be down to soak up, you know, the, the London spirit. Yeah. Um, and I'm really, you know, like really pleased to have been able to sort of take it all in and just catch up on everybody's stories after it's been been really good but bloody hell London is absolutely mayhem during London Marathon <laughs> I can now confirm that if you're going to do London it is easier to run the marathon yeah um, it's, it's not really that easy to be a part of the anything else to be honest it's just absolute mayhem yeah but never mind <laughs> Yeah, no, I can imagine thousands upon thousands. Because uh, the weather was kind of all right, wasn't it as well? It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was forecast to be way worse than yeah. it was. So mm -hmm. you know, it was it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, me and my mate were down uh, two years ago to the World Championships when we got tickets to the athletics at the stadium, but we went along to watch the the marathon uh, on the roads, and it was like a lap course and. And a week race, you know, just maybe 30 guys or something and 20 to 30 ladies and two different races. Yeah. That was pretty busy, but, you know, yeah. about no problem at all and all the rest of it. The London Marathon much, much bigger else. thing. And, yeah, I can it's imagine. It's just hard work. Just moving yeah. around the city is just really difficult, really difficult today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that when we were down that weekend, I, I remember going out for a run, um, like just a short, kind of easy run, but run along the edge of the Thames and went across. Um, can't remember which bit of the Thames it was across, um, and run along the other side, and I was running along this really wide, like embankment bit at the side, and I couldn't, I couldn't run. There were so many people, like just it was yeah. nice on a Saturday or on a Sunday or something and I was like getting annoyed because I couldn't you know, I couldn't find a path through crowds of people and stuff. It's yeah, that's what's like. You know, and so when you sort of ramp it up for something like London Marathon, which is like yeah. the biggest event of the year on their calendar, yeah. it's yeah, thousands upon thousands. Because how many runners are there? It's like 80,000. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a lot. There's a, I, I yeah. don't even know, but there's, it's um, it's pretty mental, really. Yeah. But so there must be well, there must be more, even more supporters as well. So yeah. I, yeah. You know, well, that's it. So we're gonna <laughs> yeah, don't we're, go we're gonna, still do it. <laughs> we're gonna talk uh, a good bit more about London Marathon in a few minutes. So yeah. So yeah, for the last couple of weeks has just been 
you and your being good for a change, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, eating cake, getting fat, it's been yeah. good. <laughs> ah, yes, yeah, sounds good to me. Um, so for me, I've just been, uh, well, this week has been not an awful lot of running because it's a uh, 10k race on Sunday, Baker Hughes. Yeah, taper time. As many tapers, so I did a recession on Monday and then easy running the rest of the week, so uh, it's been a good time because I had a really good few weeks in the last couple of weeks in particular, training-wise, really, really good sessions and everything. And I think I said I'd probably had my best week ever when we spoke mm-hmm. And I think I'm a bit, yeah, I think I had a better week the week after. So uh, all, uh, all pointed towards uh, me going out too fast and blowing up. No, I've got a plan, so I'm hoping that really excited about it actually and for the first time race. but who knows wow, that's great. lots of things can happen lots of things can happen oh, God. so uh, the, the, the sort of taper week came at the right time because I've like been so busy the last few days um, yeah I've struggled to fit in a proper training week this week to be fair so yeah, oh, well perfect timing well. and uh, yeah so and I don't I'm not even running tomorrow I've got a rest day tomorrow which is Unusual. Wow. <laughs> and then just <laughs> three miles a day, I'll do three miles again Saturday, and that's it for three days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, race time. So yeah, hopefully there'll be lots of lots of people we know doing Baker Hughes as well. So that'll yeah, be, it'll be great. It's always a good event. I like going there. Um, and this time will be hopefully my fastest ever. We'll see. Um, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, a couple of. Uh, Quite a lot of things happening this last couple of weeks. Actually, this weekend was crazy with the race calendar uh, mm. locally. With a was a Highland Fling this weekend, or was that the weekend before? No, it was this weekend past. This yeah, weekend, yeah. yeah so Highland Fling yeah. and Balmoral races, and of course London. Mm-hmm. Lots of people, local people, doing that. So uh, yeah, we could probably talk forever about that. But um, let, <laughs> let's just crack on to the stories. So. I sort of picked up on a few ones this week, and, and London's always sparks quite a lot of stories. But um, before we speak about London, I, th- I was going to ask you what you thought about that um, uh, the Castor Semenya story. So she is the South, South African, isn't she? A South African, mm-hmm. four hundred meter, eight hundred meter runner. Um, yeah. Condition, which I forget what the condition's actually called, but she's got really high levels of testosterone. And there's been an on. She was banned, well, not banned, but she was forced to take some sort of hormonal treatment a few years back. Uh, yeah, I remember that at the time. Out, out, out of running for, out of competing for maybe 18 months or something, whilst that kicked in or something. I can't remember the full story, but then she came back and she just like smashed everything. And there's, there are two or three of them with this similar condition actually in that 800 meter group. And I remember some of the. Well, one in particular being Lindsay Sharp having a having a whinge about the how unfair the competition was when those guys were racing and she couldn't get near the medals and stuff. But I mean, I, so what's happened basically is that there was a, a case that uh, went against not Casper Semenya individually, but uh, females with her condition, and there was an appeal and she lost they lost the appeal. So what that means is as of sometime this month I think it kicks in, 
that um, those athletes have to, well, no, if they want to compete at Tokyo, I guess is what it was, if they want to compete at Tokyo, they have to start the treatment now, basically, for reducing testosterone okay. levels in their system to try and level the playing field a bit. But, I mean, I don't know what I think about this. I feel so sorry for Castor Semenya and, and the other one. She's the one we'll see yeah. the She's always the one who wins the races, but I mean, it's not her fault at all. You know, it's... I know. It's a tricky it's just, one. It's a really tricky one. I mean, people... I've heard people making the argument about, like, uh, so you've got East Africans who are... seem to be predisposed to being very good distance runners because of whatever, because of the, the way their bodies are, are made up. And then you've got the Jamaican sprinters, like you say, involved with the slightly longer mm-hmm. ones who are... Particularly good at sprinting. So I mean, you get to start like amputating two inches off of their legs or something. To well, that's why. That's it, isn't it? It's <laughs> like, where does it end? You know, like I get um, the whole doping thing. I totally get that. And and I, I, it's just, it's just, it opens up like a huge can of worms, I suppose. In that, you know, how do you? What is a level? playing field because we are all slightly genetically different and we do yeah. all have different concentrations of all sorts of different things in our bodies so when you start then saying somebody well if you, this is how you are naturally made up but we're not happy about it yeah. then what what does that what does that make mm. racing at that level look like in a hundred years time you know is it going to be so futuristic that we all do exactly a bit like you say. We're all going to be the same height and differently. You know, there's yeah. going to be different instead of age categories. You're going to get height categories. You're going to get body fat categories. You know, like what? Where does that end? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think it's okay. I, I I think it's pretty sad. I I I would be totally in favour of just letting them race. You know, she's as far as I'm aware, she's quite clearly female, and therefore. She runs in the ladies' race, and that's it, you know, because it's, uh, it's not her fault at all. It's, and, you know, like you say, it's changing the natural makeup of that athlete by giving them treatment, basically to make them slower. And normally, we celebrate the sort of superhuman elite athletes. You know, guys like Usain Bolt. The only way he would not be celebrated is if he got caught cheating. You know, yeah, he's like six foot seven and. You know, quite clearly, just naturally amazing at it, and uh, obviously it trains hard as well. But I mean, it's just it's mental. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't sit right with me to be honest. Uh, I feel really sorry for, especially Castor Semenya. She's the one in the limelight all the time, and uh, you know, you get all the ignorant comments, people calling her a bloke and all that sort of stuff, and. It's just, you know, she's a human being at the end of the day as well. And she's not well, that's true. She loves doing so. Got to be so careful nowadays because mm-hmm. people identify so many different things as well. Got to be a bit more open generally, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So, where will it end? Okay. <laughs> and, uh, where will it end, indeed. So, let, let's move on to something generally more lighthearted. The London Marathon. There's heaps of stories came out of it. Oh, God. We got your as a spectator a little bit there maybe we can have a wee bit more of that but there's a couple of funny stories and uh, other story well not so funny stories actually the, the funny one was spotted on social media a guy who uh, 
had got himself a pair of those uh, Nike Vaporfly jobs, um, especially for the London Marathon. I don't think he'd even worn them yet. Um, he maybe had. They were sitting, sitting in his. Uh, I'm not sure it was in his own house, but it was his friend's puppy. Chewed them at bits, <laughs> and uh, the, he found them. I think he found them the morning of the marathon. Chewed the bits. There's pictures of them with the toes basically chewed off. And uh, these are 220 oh trainers or something that are supposed to give you a four percent benefit and all this crap. And he basically, on his post, he's like, "I had no choice but to just wear them." He had a picture of him with his toes basically sticking out, <laughs> and he, he ran the marathon. That's so funny. I don't know. I think he got a PV actually. So yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the, the <laughs> shoot them up. So that was pretty funny. Uh, and um, yeah, the other one we kind of spoke about this a, wee, a, wee, uh, a couple of episodes ago when the D thirty three bib swapping. This happened oh, God. to an level at London. But um, the, there's a thing I don't know what the uh, I can't remember what the website's called, but some some guy or maybe a team of guys go about finding. Mm-hmm. Uh, in London in particular it's where it started but they do it in, in other marathons as well and that, they, they sort of name them and shame them on this uh, marathon cheat website and they, they pick out they go through people I don't know if people have time to do this to be honest but they go through people's times and, and see that somebody's won, uh, run a world record 10k split in the second half or something and yeah <laughs> jumped in the tube or whatever but this this guy also highlights uh, people who have run uh of clearly not ran in their own bib. So this, there's a picture of this guy running a number, whatever it is, and that number is associated with a female super vet. You know, yes, um, super vet in the uh, 55 to 59 category. Um, and it's quite obviously a bloke in about his late 30s to early 40s running around, and he came... Particularly. So, you're like, he's taking away somebody else's prize for one thing like, mm-hmm. in the podium. But, I mean, we spoke about it before with the DR3 thing, and I think and it's more prominent in ultra racing because we spoke about the whole your details are put in. Yeah. I, I imagine it might be like that in London, actually. It is like that in London, yeah, because yeah, that's exactly it, you know. Although that's, oh, yeah, I don't. I don't suppose you're picking insane. up. I don't suppose you're picking up your number at the expo and uh, handing out the, the big pen. Yeah, but you have to take ID with you to the expo. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't get. Like he's like oh, he, yeah, he obviously didn't pick up that number yeah, unless he got away with it. Like mm-hmm. ah, the problem. These big marathons are quite well, not a pain, because, like, this is why they do it, it's a safety thing, but, you know, like, getting, when I went to to Paris and London as well, like, it was quite a stress, Um, going up to the person having to, like, verify who you are and stuff, (laughs) it takes ages, so, like, how did you get that number? (laughs) Yeah, well, that, yeah, so that, I'd forgotten about the whole, you, you need ID. I mean, there's some other more local races, not quite so big as that. I think yeah. the S half and stuff, but you need ID to pick your number up, which I've never mm-hmm. asked for ID to pick my number up before. But, um, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. So that, that goes to another level of deceit. Lying. <laughs> Strong a word, but maybe not. So they've, they've, they've clearly known you're not allowed to run in that number, and somebody mm-hmm. else has gone, probably the person whose number is, 
with their ID picked it oh, up. Oh, totally. Knowing he's going to run in the mm -hmm. well, 55 to 59 category. The other thing is, how, how did he not win the 55 to 59 female category? That's a bit of a poor show for my young guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a whole other yeah. debate. <laughs> yeah, he's been uh, in his face all over social media as well. So, yeah. Yeah, don't, didn't quite work out his plan there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a, uh, the other, this other one. Oh, yeah, this one was really, really horrible, actually. So, uh, I know. Yeah, so it's a bit of a long story, actually. I'll try and be brief with it. But the, so at London, they traditionally have pacers at different, yeah. different times. So you can run with the sub three pacer or the 3.30 pacer or the four hour pacer to to try and just hang on to someone who's running even splits and, and get you, encourage you around, and there's a big group of folk do it and, and all the rest of it, and there's a, it's a really good way to pace yourself in a marathon, uh, one of these big city marathons. So the London extended it out this year, and they had less pacers at the faster end, and they had, for the first time, pacers going beyond the sort of six-hour time, right up to seven hours 30. So the seven hours 30 pacer, on the one, mm. which is one debate in itself because it's you could probably walk a marathon in 7.30, I think. But aside from that, um, London, unknown to me actually, I was reading about it, they have this sort of seven-hour, not an enforced cutoff, but it's a fairly soft cutoff in that all the barriers start getting, coming down. Yeah, it's eight hours, down. yeah. Is it eight? So... It's yeah, well, you, well, last year it was. Um, okay, I, yeah. so the thing I, I read said seven hours, but then that was okay, not taking, it, it. taking into account the fact that the guys who are doing 7.30 take about an hour to get over the line. So they're actually 8.30 from... Mm. And so these guys that were with the 7.30 pacer were... Um, there were no... Like, the water stations were starting to be shut down. There was no, you know, no barrier. Oh. were kind of gone away... And uh, and then there's like contractors cleaning up the site round about them and stuff, mm -hmm. cleaning the roads and everything. And and then the, yeah, the 7:30 pacer has gone public saying that they were getting heaps of abuse from the contractors and stuff, mm -hmm. saying if you weren't so fat, you wouldn't be so slow, and all this sort of stuff. The people and then, I mean, I think that that behaviour is ridiculous, obviously, but. London Marathon has mucked that up big time, I think. I mean, if you're going to have a 7.30 pacer out there encouraging people to go around the marathon in that sort of time, mm -hmm. leave all the support network out there, you know, and that mm -hmm. could start an hour or half an hour later or whatever. But yeah, and there's apparently one of the parts of that story, one of the uh, runners that was with that 7.30 group got some sort of blister on her leg or something, which when she went to the doctor, it, it was like a chemical burn. Yeah, I read that. Uh, Queen of the Roads with. I mean, Jesus. Mm -hmm. I know. Like, I mean, if you want to put people off marathons, then that's, uh, that's the way yeah. to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I'd looked into the cut-offs before just because, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because I thought, you know, what's my worst case scenario here um, yeah. so if I do have to walk like how long have I actually physically got um, and then 
uh, what they say is that's when the roads have to officially open. Yeah. So I hadn't really thought about what they would need to do in order to open the roads. I'd forgotten mm. that they would need to clean it. Because actually, uh, do you want to know, there's a few things that irritate me about London, not London actually, it's not a London thing, but about these big races, is the amount of litter and how yeah. sticky the roads get with the gels. Because people do drop their wrappers and gel stuff goes everywhere. And there's so many, like you say, you know, there's thousands of people running. Mm -hmm. Um, it is it is a total mess. So I guess if you're then going to open up like the biggest tourist attraction of a city in the country, then I guess it does need to be cleaned. Yeah. But I hadn't anticipated that they would do that before they open the road. Yeah. Um, which I guess they would need to do, but it shouldn't be at the detriment. No, I mean they, they just. I mean they, they should. Shame. They should not have seven or thirty. If that's what's going to happen, I mean, yeah. You're going to coach people around at that at that pace. You need to. Yeah, so, exactly. You need to extend your your clean yeah, up. So uh, other or. I. So yeah, I mean that's. I can't believe they never thought of that. To be honest, uh, I mean yeah. the most important runner is the runner that comes in last, and that's how the ultra series works. That's how mm -hmm. a lot of the local races that we do, um, you, you know, it's how they work. I mean, I've stood at hill races in Balmoral over the years, and the cheer for the last runner coming in is just, you know, it's heartfelt and phenomenal mm -hmm. because every runner appreciates. I mean, every runner appreciates how hard it is and yeah. they appreciate how much effort goes into you know the person that runs that time has worked the hardest and has oh, definitely. Yeah. and I guess with some of these charity marathons you know a lot of people toe the line and the ones that toe the line that take the longest are doing it because they're doing it for a reason they're not maybe doing it because they've been training really hard for this time they're doing it because they're doing it to raise money for a charity or awareness for a mm -hmm. charity yeah. so you know it's an incredible feat it's an incredible thing so it, it did sadden yeah. me to hear that they'd had such a horrible experience yeah. so hopefully they've seen all these comments now, I mean the good thing about social media is I'd imagine all those people have seen you know, the positive comments from people mm -hmm. and maybe yeah. in, they'll feel pride in what they've achieved, I would hope. But yeah, you're right, yeah. I think London will have to take that on board and hopefully other races will maybe have think about how they celebrate their back-of-the-pack runners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and but you, you, you reminded me of something that happened at the weekend as well. So there was a Stirling Marathon as well. And they have That's a right, of course. And... Um, uh, a girl I know who was doing her first half marathon. She started to go running last year, I think, and um, she had sort of various health issues and stuff. Like, and um, and she's gone from zero to completing her half marathon at Sterling. And she she was, I think it was about four hours or something to do her half marathon, and she got a massive uh, cheer and the, the announcer. Mm -hmm shouted her name out and stuff and I saw that she put the video up on uh, Facebook and um, so that was you know that's how it should be done you know if you're gonna yeah if you don't have a cut-off time you know I appreciate why some events would have a cut-off time if you don't have mm -hmm. one everything needs to be there for everyone right to the very very end mm -hmm. and that's what happened for her and I think 
that probably I don't know what the timings and stuff are like, whether they had a half marathon going at the same time as a marathon, that's why, you know, you can have someone out for four hours doing a half and and still have everything. Yeah. Supporters and stuff are there and cheering her through the line. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's um that's like good, said, yeah. I know I know that she's worked really hard to be able to do that. And uh Yeah. And, you know, the time is is the time, but it's you know, mm-hmm. that's like I think that's probably twice as hard for her to do that than it would be for me. God, yeah. Absolutely. A half in the sort of time I was on a half marathon and so yeah, uh, it was really good to see and she's clearly Oh very bless her, that's amazing. All that stuff. Yeah. Super mm-hmm. So, uh, so tell us a bit more about London then, as a spectator. You said it was a nightmare. Um, uh, and stuff, but, so who, who were you watching in particular? Randy? Well, I didn't... You know, see. I mean, I knew of quite a few people that were running. I mean, there was a huge uh, metro contingent down. Um, there was lots of... Um, there were some JSK runners there that I knew. There were a couple of other Jog Scotland runners that I knew that were down. And uh, my friend Nicola ran. So she was really the person that I was like, all right, mm-hmm. okay. So Nicola's running, so I'll go and see that. And our friend Bruce, uh, he was running Sterling. So it was quite cool. So I was kind of like following them both. Oh, yeah. um, and Bruce finished in the morning, he got a crack in PB, and that was great. And then it was like, oh, all right, okay, up. all attention on Nicola. Um, but you know, you know, like you go out with these great ideas, don't you? It's like, oh, you know what? I'll just nip along, and it'll be super, and I'll watch the tracker, and I'll know exactly where they are. And then all of a sudden, you're at the train station, and you realise that actually, <laughs> it's a logistical nightmare. And yeah. I don't know. Have you done London before? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Never been there. It's, it's like so. As a runner, it's amazing and it's quite overwhelming. But it's quite noisy because it's you're the whole time you're running. You you can't really move about too much because uh, you're just el- elbowing people like the entire time. You know that way when you start a run, especially a race mm. like Balmoral, NK, and you get caught yeah, yeah, yeah. in further behind than you want to be and you just that way where it's really difficult to get past people it's yeah. kind of like that quite a lot but then there's moments where you kind of get into your rhythm and you maybe do get a bit of a break but the whole way you're just hearing shouting the whole time cheering which is wonderful and lovely at, at times um, and different charities get different mile markers so <laughs> like if you're running for a specific charity then you know where they'll be on the course which is really mm-hmm. good but see if you're just a person going along to have a wee look. Oh my goodness. So it's six deep everywhere. And then getting through those six deep people is not easy because nobody wants to give up their mm-hmm. spot. And yeah. then it's like that the entire way. But then on top of that, you've got everybody who's moving around the city trying to get to mm-hmm. the next point. Yeah. So all the subways are mobbed and all the trains are mobbed and all the buses are mobbed and no taxis are going nowhere. And there's just people everywhere. And then add on top of that all the tourists, and <laughs> oh, it's just it's just insanely difficult. But it's yeah. possible, and the yeah. atmosphere is amazing, and you see some really funny, funny stuff like <laughs> just you know a hammer that can run faster than <laughs> anyone you've ever seen in your life. And I don't know, did you see the bit about Big Ben? Was oh yeah, that was you know that was hilarious. 
But there's loads of stuff like that, and there's just loads of emotional people. Like mm. everybody's emotional. And then on the way back, like of like when you're walking on your way back to escaping, uh, my sister lives in Bromley, so we had to get back to South London. And there's just people that can't walk (laughs) (laughs) everywhere. So that's a whole new challenge because then you're stuck behind people that can't get up down the stairs. There's people like being carried into the subway. There's people passed out everywhere. That's just, it's like, I don't know, it's like the Blitz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the the biggest event I've taken part in is probably Edinburgh Marathon and it's like, yeah, it's nothing like Edinburgh. <laughs> nothing, nothing. You don't see anyone for like eleven miles. No. Yeah, and, and the other well, the other marathon I've done is Loch Ness, and I mean that's even. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's I like Loch Ness, but um, yeah, I love Loch Ness. Yeah, it's a cool route as well, but and and I I I've, I've avoided <laughs> and, and big city marathons probably for that reason. I I yeah. I did it's, so it's I did Edinburgh. One. I've done Edinburgh twice and I've done Loch Ness twice. Once each when I was not a runner and once Mm -hmm. I was a better runner and and, I was properly running the whole way around and stuff. But the first time I did Edinburgh um, was uh, seven years ago and I did it. it, My finishing time was four hours 48. So I was kind of not properly back in the pack, but I was was back a fair bit. And... um, yeah, I experienced all that um, shouting and cheering and stuff from the... It was Macmillan. I think they're the main sponsor, so they were all over. Yeah. And, I mean, it's quite cool the first two times you land in a massive green and they're smacking their... Those blow yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Making a racket and stuff. But I tell you, yeah. it got really monotonous. Once I was struggling, I was like... Please give it a break. Yeah, <laughs> and, well, just imagine that twenty-six miles of it. <laughs> I know. Well, that's it. So I mean, I I remember then. I don't think I would mind it so much now because I'd be running the whole way and I'd be, you know, I probably quite like yeah. that. Yeah, it is. You know, it is but, cool. Yeah, and uh, and then I did Loch Ness later that year, and you know, I did it in like four twenty-four, so a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, but sort of story, you know, I toiled a bit in the second half, you know, having not trained and stuff. Um, but, but you know, you didn't hear envy at Loch Ness until you got to the mm-hmm. last two or three miles, and uh, yeah, I preferred that experience to be honest. But um, yeah, you know, when I did Edinburgh the second time, um, I don't really remember noticing the guys. Are saying <laughs> it might it might have been an element of so I did that one in uh, just over three hours, so. Maybe an element of there being a bit less runners, you know, less dense with runners mm-hmm. at that. Less, I suppose there's probably less Macmillan t-shirts up up at that sort of end as well. So maybe the, the noise didn't start until you're a bit further back. But um, I don't remember really noticing the crowd at Edinburgh the second time at all, to be honest, until I got close to the finish. And uh, it was pretty pretty busy, but I mean, it was not, I don't think it was, even think it was six deep at the finish, you know, you're saying six deep. Yeah, it's not like that uh, at all, yeah. Totally different, yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think I said in the last episode, I'm, I'm, I've been holding off trying to enter London, I want to get mm-hmm. a place before I do it, but um, I was hearing, I wonder if I get with that championship time a bit quicker, because uh, I was, I don't know where I was reading this, but there were people speaking about, so at the moment for a, for a bloke, you've got to do under two or 
two hour sub two hour forty five marathon to qualify Which, uh, uh, to get in the championship qualifying uh, place at London. But there, were, I was reading a thing on some Facebook thread, and there are folks saying that you know over the last ten years that uh, pen has got busier and busier. So mm. used to used to waltz into their there are none busy toilets and all that sort of stuff before the race. But yeah. like, they, those guys have, have got the queue as well. And yeah. I wonder, the good for age times down a year or two ago from 3.05 to 3. So I wonder if the yeah. championship time sneaked down to 2.40. I can see that coming, actually. But I'm not sure. It's been 2.45 for a very long time, so I don't know. But um, So that'll make it more challenging to get in there. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would like to do London. I would love to go down and Go on that championship start. Um, yeah, it's. I would recommend it. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's marathon running's not in my calendar at the moment. So. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Next. Um, so yeah, um, and how did your pal get on, Nicola? Yeah, she did great. Yeah, she did great. It's just uh, um, I haven't spoken to her properly about it, but uh, she went out wanting to get round and she did a great mm-hmm. job so yeah cool. she did really, yeah, really well awesome. yeah. and we can't not we can't speak about London and not speak about your other mate Tom, Tom. I know what a legend I did follow him well he definitely <laughs> kicked um, my butt in that I couldn't spectate anywhere near that time <laughs> yeah. yeah he's uh, I saw his, he was like all. He was in the top 50, I think. He was like yeah. 40. Unbelievable. He's such a funny guy. I love Tom. <laughs> I, I'm getting, I'm getting, I've mentioned it before, but I'm going to mention it again. Haddo House Cross Country 2016. I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to that. The one and only time on my record that's ever going to beat Tom Roach in a race. 227, that is absolutely flying. I mean... Yeah, he's such I'm a good lad. Weeks. I know. His progression the last two years has been unbelievable. I mean, he only yeah. he did last year in Sterling and ran something like 233 or 234 in his first shot at it. And then he did a... He did, did he do Loch Ness in sort of 230 or something? And then, I can't remember, I think he did Loch Ness. And then 227. Yeah, I know. He's such. A, he's so lovely as well. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. even go on about it. I mean, yeah. You know, he's must be chuffed to bits, but mm-hmm. he's only really been posting about his charities that he did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There aren't it's many guys. So uh, there aren't many guys running that fast or doing it for charity either. You know. I know. Cool. And to do it and for had, two charities as well. Yeah. You know, he didn't just choose yeah. one. I was like, oh, go Tom. You know, what yeah. legend. That's cool. So, yeah, and, really uh, proud of him. I was really, really pleased. I don't know him very well. I, I, I've seen him at races and stuff, and uh, sort of connected to him on Facebook and that sort of thing. And I've sent him a message afterwards. But I mean, yeah, he always seems like an earth humble kind of guy. And yeah, swears, oh, right, swears, sure. swears on the uh, table. That's his fuel. <laughs> that is, uh... Yeah. So, <laughs> He's Irish, lads, He is Irish, honestly. he is Irish, he's <laughs> uh, But I tell you, guest number one on this podcast, Camille Heron, she swears by tatties as well. 
Yeah, you'll have to get Palm on talking about yeah, his uh, running talking about gear, his, actually. Talking about his Irish yeah. tactics. Yeah, yeah sure. absolutely. Aye. <laughs> we may just spend an episode talking about Harry House Cross Country in 2016. <laughs> just go through <laughs> it all, step by yeah. step. Step by step, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't even know who Tom Roach was then, to be honest. But uh, yeah, he's, he's kicked my ass in the three years since, that's for sure. Aye. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool, right. Okay, well, let's let's move on from uh, London Marathon. And uh, I said it at the start of the podcast that, uh, yeah, we've got the theme of um, how running has saved your life. And uh, please do send us your audio clips. Um, that would be really much appreciated. Uh, you can drop an email to me, um, callum at explorerunning.co.uk or just contact us on Facebook, whatever. That would be ace. So on to the guests for this week. I say guests because it was plural. We had two, um, and those guys were Chris and Holly Deer, who are Hamish Deer's parents. Um, for those that have heard of the charity, um, or haven't heard of the charity, rather, it's Hamish Deer's Warm Hugs. Um, they will put a link to their uh, Facebook page and their website and stuff in the in the show notes afterwards. But um, that is a charity that supports um, families who have uh, seriously ill kids, basically. Um, Hamish was a born in 2012, the same, same year as my daughter was born, um, and he was diagnosed with neuroblastoma um, at quite a young age, and they were up and down to Glasgow and that sort of thing, and we'll hear the story in a bit more detail. But yeah, very sad that he lost his his battle with um, with his illness. And his mum and dad, Chris and Holly, set up the charity in his name and have done some amazing work since, and have been totally courageous and inspiring and, and all sorts of other things. Um, and so I, I've known Chris for a long time. I used to play football with him, and uh, I've got to know. Holly, just the last couple of months, I've met her a couple of times, um, so I was going to have a chat with them just to, to find out, because they do a lot of running, and lots of people run with the Hamish Deers uh, vest at events and that sort of thing, so well, Hamish has inspired numerous hundreds, probably, tens, hundreds of people to get out there and get active and raising awareness and, and money uh, in his name, and you know, it's fantastic to see, so I want to have a wee, a wee chat to them, and uh, you know, and it was it was really good. I really enjoyed uh, speaking to them. Obviously, you know, it's uh, a bit of a sad subject, but it's a really inspiring one. So, um, I think we'll just go go into that interview now, and we'll have a chat about it after. Okay, here's uh, Chris and Holly Deer. Podcast, uh, Chris and Holly Deer. Um, Chris and Holly are the founders of the charity Hamish Deer's Warm Hugs, which inspires loads of folk to get running, amongst other things. Um, I'll let them provide the explanation. But um, first of all, welcome. Thank okay. you. Um, so, as with all guests, I ask the first question, which is, can you give us your funniest running-related story? <laughs> now, you could give us two, or a combined one, or one uh, each, whatever. Well, yeah, I don't know. Like funny, I think. It's more like how much of a mug I can be. Um, 
prior to runs. I'm a bit, a bit gullible to uh, things that I read in uh, magazines. And so this was in Malta. This was about a week before we went to Malta to the Malta Marathon. I read in the magazine that beetroot juice is the new thing. <laughs> so I uh, decided to buy these super strength shots of beetroot juice so I could take them on the plane with me. And then the day before the marathon itself, we were at the like the village where everybody was mingling, and I started necking these beetroot juice shots, thinking, "Yeah, I've got one over these mugs. These, <laughs> these guys, uh, these guys don't know my secrets." And so I had about four or five of these shots, and it was in the afternoon that I I think I also took a reaction to it. My just below my ankle started to itch really badly. And then it came up my sh- uh, up my shin, and then my calf, and then Your hamstring, arms. and then on my forearms. <laughs> and it was uh, went on like that all afternoon, evening. I couldn't get to sleep. It's about midnight. I was like, oh no, I'm uh, I'm uh, itching. I'm itching. I, c- I can't stop itching. And it was it was like scales. It was like turning into a lizard or something. <laughs> was it? And was, you had no medication, like no antihistamines. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We tried to go to the doctor and they couldn't get. Remember? No, that was the, the, that the was day the after. Doctor. So yeah, so Holly had fallen asleep and I was still itching away. So I thought to myself, right, I'll smother to- toothpaste all over my, pretty much all over my body. <laughs> why? Why toothpaste? Well, I don't know. I just thought that. I think you thought it would be soothing. I thought it'd be soothing. Had. Yeah, because of the mint, I thought it would maybe soothe it or something. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, there's basically toothpaste from head to toe, <laughs> apart from and the way my torso. wrapped yourself in towels and came back yes, to bed. Yes, and I wrapped myself in up. towels so I didn't have this smooth toothpaste smothering over the bed sheets. So I was there kind of sitting up, basically upright in bed, trying to sleep upright with kind of towels and toothpaste wrapped around me. And needless to say, the Maltamathan was a complete disaster. Was that the night before the marathon? Yeah, that was the night before. Yeah, and so you, I got. You still went into it. I'd done it like, but I was basically like a, a, a lizard running around Malta, um, just um, smelling quite nice, <laughs> smelling quite minty fresh. <laughs> but I'd had probably two or three hours sleep, like yeah, just because of the itching. Race prep and I'd lost maybe about half a pound of skin. <laughs> With all the itching, like yeah. cheaper. So, so yeah, that's just because I'm a mug. I, I read anything in, in anything that I read. So you must have. And he's not taken, learned a lesson. Taken too many. Oh yeah, Aye, well, it was uh, an overdose. <laughs> <laughs> a beetroot overdose. It was an overdose. Aye. Uh, cheapers. I would read. Mm-hmm. That's. Uh, oh, just, so yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah. me. But you would still do that now. You would find a new lad <laughs> and carry on. Aye. You did it for London as well. You had your. What did I do in London? You, when you found out that London was going to be the hottest marathon, you turned our house into a sauna. So it was like oh. April, and it was a really nice April last year. Yeah. And I came home from work, the heating on full blast. It was absolutely roasting. Aye, but that Just was so the you got used to the weather. Yeah, so I'd, I'd wear like three or four sweaters in the house and like a hat, and the heating was up full blast. Oh, you, long... you never told me about this. Because I remember telling you after your London marathon, you absolutely nailed it. And... You know, heaps of folk never did well, but this is why. This is why, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing that folk do, genuinely. Folk go to saunas and stuff when they can't go to proper hot aye. places. And... So it maybe did help, like. Aye, maybe did. Because for me, I know a lot of folk doing the marathon, London Marathon had 
had shockers. Aye, definitely. I heard right. a few stories of people 15, 20 minutes slower than their target. Aye. So, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, Holly. So, I'm not really daft. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, I am a mug. If you, if, you, if you try every single one that comes along, one of them will be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Once in a while. That's it, like. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's the thing. Like, the, it's, it's just that panic. You've probably had it yourself. Or maybe not. You, the week before a race, you think, oh, sh- shit, I've not done enough. I've not done enough. What am I going to do? And then you just do things out with your natural, what you've been doing for the last two or three months. So, um, nah, doing it a week before is never really a good idea. Or, like you need to be doing it three or training. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. Aye. But I know your London marathon. I'll speak about it after, but that was a cracker, actually. So, uh, <laughs> aye, well done. Um, cool. So, um, Okay, so that, uh, that was quite funny. I've never heard that one before. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Don't try it. Don't try Love it. No. Um, cool. <laughs> so, so let's. Um, I will probably start. Normally, we'd start by asking about how you got into running, but um, with you guys, let's uh, probably step before that. I don't know if you're runners before. I mean, I, I know no. I've known Chris for oh, too long. Too long. Twenty right? years, maybe. <laughs> um, we used to play football together. or something about that a little bit before um, when we were youths we played football together and um so like me i think chris has came from a football background and got into running but um so in terms of you guys getting into running i, I i'm guessing that it came out of the hamish deer's warm hug story so maybe you could just tell us about um about hamish and, and how the charity started and that sort of thing to start with yeah you want to speak yeah. about hamish yeah um so Hamish is our son and he was born in October 2012 and when he was two he was diagnosed with stage four neuroblastoma and we spent nine months um, in Glasgow with him. He was undergoing treatment for his cancer diagnosis and um, unfortunately he passed away in November 2015 when he was three years old. So following his passing we we knew very quickly that we firstly we wanted to do something in his name in his memory but also that we needed some help ourselves to try and get through something that's obviously a very very difficult time so we decided to set up the charity in his name to help other kids who are going through um their battles with cancer and the running kind of came along with it didn't it we just well Chris, yeah. Chris can run but for me it was just trying something new and a, a safe space to go yeah. out and just clear your mind and yeah. um, escape from reality a little bit mm-hmm. yeah you're just I think like like I, I found or what we found when Hamish died the first month maybe two months we didn't sit outside that front door because the house was our safe space and mm-hmm. we could control what people were going to ask us. We can shut off from the world if we wanted. And we were scared to even open that front door and, and go out and even speak to anybody. And for me, running was the first step into doing that. Like, I didn't have to speak to anybody because I was running. I could just run past them and say hello. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I could be, oh, I'm so sorry about Hamish. Hey, and then they would ask stupid they would try to be well-meaning and mm-hmm. they would ask questions that really hurt me or upset me, whereas I could run past them. And that was like a first step for me. Yeah. 
Um, and then from that, it, 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 I think also dealing with a lot of anger, mm-hmm. losing your son, you become so angry with the world that you just want to, you don't want to take out on anybody that you love. Like, I would hate that if, if I was ever to take out my frustrations or anger on Holly by shouting at her or what have you, I found that going outside and, and getting annoyed with the world out there and, and releasing it in a, in a, what would you say, a more... Productive. Yeah, a more productive way. That's that's where it really developed for me. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was that's how I found it. And then I obviously had kind of time to it gives you time to process things in, in a way like like I like going out running myself but you like going out with groups yeah I still find it a safe place just going out and running and I think beforehand no matter how you're feeling if you're feeling down or if you're feeling angry when you go out running you don't forget about it but you can deal with it in a better way yeah. and it definitely makes you feel better afterwards yeah. No matter what it is you're thinking whilst you're running, even if it's sad thoughts or if you're mm. thinking about Hamish, it's almost like such a good way to, to have those thoughts mm-hmm. through running. Yeah, I mean, with Hamish, he would, a lot of times if I'm out running, I'll just imagine I'm running with Hamish. Mm. I'll, I'll maybe see him like running beside me or running in front of me. Because he, he always used to say when he was running down the ward, he, he would always say, watch my runs, daddy, watch my runs. <laughs> Because um, a lot of sometimes he was he was hooked up to the machines, yeah, and and he found it difficult because he'd had his line in and the, the drugs were going through his line, so it's quite restricted. It, a lot it of was times. restricted. <laughs> so as soon as he was off his machines, <laughs> he was he was off like a bullet uh, down that three, down the ward. Yeah. Aye, like three, yeah. yeah. And it was just seeing him saying, "Watch my runs, Daddy," and yeah. then I, I'm kind of thinking, "Well, here's him with me." And he's watching yeah. my runs, maybe. Ah, bro. You know, yeah. that's the kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, mm-hmm. so from that, that's really grown for me, and, and it's it also puts the charity's name out there as well. Like, absolutely, yeah. with folk running and what have you. And I guess that's like that's a really specific thing for you and and like running with Hamish. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, I, and I'm imagining that'll never ever go away. You'll always get that little connection. You can always have a wee. That's that's really that's exactly it. Yeah, I uh, really that's that's amazing. So, um, obviously, I can't begin to imagine what that's like, um, or compare it. But um, you know, having everyone's lost loved ones, mm-hmm. but um, losing mm-hmm. a child is obviously, I right, it's it's the worst possible thing, I guess. And um, you know, I've I've can sort of relate to it with losing like I've lost my grandparents and that sort of thing and mm-hmm. I would I would think about them when I'm running you uh, know and uh, have conversations either out loud or in my head with them sometimes uh, you know when I'm running yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing and, um, but I suppose the other thing with me is I mean you give that specific example about um, visualising Hamish running with you and, and, and remembering is obviously really important and um, but my mind, I don't know if it's happens with you guys, but my mind totally drifts from thing to thing when I'm running. So you could be, mm-hmm. for me, like uh, my grandma was the most recent uh, loss, which was, you know, it was over a year ago now. But um, in the sort of aftermath after that, um, sort of a couple of months or whatever, I would, I could be thinking sad thoughts about my grandma uh, and my grand. I brought back thoughts about my grand and stuff when she she passed. But um, and then. 
I'd be thinking of something totally different. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. ten seconds later, and have realised, oh, you know, maybe another minute, a few minutes later, like, oh, I was sad a minute ago, but now kind of, you know, someone's yeah. distracted me, and, yeah, and uh, so there's a remembering thing, but there's also this sort of temporarily forgetting, just, just to mm-hmm. get yourself out of that place for a wee while. I, I can relate to that as well. So, Aye. um, so I mean, I think um, it's like you're processing it. It's like being yeah. able to process it. You get um, more time to do it as well. Like, yeah. You know, no other distractions in your house Aye. or There's phone, no phone or, ringing or, yeah. or stuff to be done around the house. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, crap, uh, the dishes have to be done. Or, you know, it's just you running, you're out there. Yeah. And, and the dishes don't have to be done, really, do they? No, no. You know, but, you know I mean, everyone's things to do. But, um, there's a, <laughs> there's a, that, that can always be done later, you know. Aye. And but it's not easy to just go ignore it and sit down. Yeah. You need to do some processing. If you're out running, you can put all of that, close the door behind you, and Aye. and get on with it. And uh, it's also really important um, for lots of reasons, but you know, so important when you've got to deal with something like that. But I think it's also good that you acknowledge the grief or acknowledge the pain. Mm-hmm. And I think a way of doing that, if you are running and, and you're and you're thinking about these things, you're not burying it below the surface. You're you're thinking about these things. With, with myself and Holly, we. We grab any, any chance to speak about Hamish. Mm-hmm. We're you know even if it makes us cry, and a lot of people go, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. we didn't mean to upset you," but we love speaking about Hamish, and I think the fact that we can uh, get our or basically show our grief, it gets our, you know it acknowledges the pain, and it's I think that's really helped us. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm never going to say get over it because we'll never get over it. But I think it just helps yeah, us. You don't, you don't have to process it. Though, do you? No, you don't have to. You shouldn't. I mean, it's yeah, that's the is your son, and, and they always will be. Mm-hmm. So that's um, yeah, that's one of our pet hates. Yeah, yeah. Folks say, yeah, you know, you've got over it. Or there was one one woman said, "Well, that's Hamish gone. That's one chapter closed, and maybe open another chapter." And you know, you just want to lay her out, but you think you better not do that in yeah. Sterling, Sterling Furniture Shop because you might get arrested. There's <laughs> just, yeah, you just... And, and, so you and, go run in instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that anger. Thank your frustration. You know, we spoke yeah. earlier before we started recording about um, crap I was dealing with as a teenager and I, I was a bit of an aggressive football player and Chris agreed. He was, I oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, You know, looking back, that was probably my, my outlet. Um, at the time, and uh, a good job, you know, because you know, I landed up doing well at school and all that sort of stuff, but otherwise might not have done, you know, getting uh, into fights and stuff uh, like that, perhaps, as a teenager, might have been more I have common. I've got stud marks to prove it, like... He was my teammate as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. What was that all about? <laughs> so, uh, I know that's, I mean, uh, what was I going to say there? I, it was um, a really powerful message that, you know, taking every opportunity to speak about Hamish and love and speaking about him. Yeah. And you said it's really helpful for you, but I'm imagining that would be really helpful for others as well who are dealing with something similar. They can see somebody else yeah. coping with it in a really positive manner and not try mm-hmm. to choke it all down or, 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 or try and forget about it or try and get over it, you know. Exactly. Just work through it, I think. Well, that was like um, with Jonathan and Anna. So, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. Jonathan and Anna, corner uh, Kaylee's uh, mum and dad, we got in touch with them quite early on in our since Hamish passed away, and and the way that they spoke about Kaylee made us feel like it was actually okay to speak about mm-hmm. speak about Hamish. Yeah, and that gave us a like a big 
shot an arm or, or whatever. So it was good to have yeah. them there. Aye, I mean, I've, I've not spoken directly to them. <clears throat> I've spoken to Anna a couple of times about it, and I, mean, I know Johnny, but I've never really spoken to him about Kayleigh, but mm-hmm. I, I've quite often dropped Anna a message. You know, when you get these uh, updates that it had been Kayleigh's oh, yeah. 7th birthday or 8th yeah. or yeah. birthday, or I'm not sure how old she would be now, but... You know, and just it's so inspiring actually for someone who's you know not had to deal with anything like that. But I just you know, like I said at the start, I can't begin to imagine what it's like. But you know, you you like to think that you would be able to cope with it. But then seeing the role models like Johnny and Anna for you guys, who, right. you know, are, are I mean, they're local as well, so you right. can go and speak to them, and and mm-hmm. um, they've they've done some amazing oh, work. I mean, absolutely yeah. amazing, and they're so fantastic, both of them. Um, and just dealt with the whole thing with mm-hmm. um, so much courage and I think and as grace, well for you know. us, um, seeing how much they still include Kaylee, day to day things, yeah, really meant a lot to us because I think that's we what we wanted to do. But I guess you you don't know if it's like right or yeah, yeah or you how know, other yeah. people will take it's, it. You yeah. just you just don't know. But it's an alien concept losing a, a child, like absolutely. And and seeing that that what they did, yeah, that gave us such a big kind of boost that mm-hmm. yeah, okay, Hamish hey, hey, is still going to be a big part of our lives. Yeah, um, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I guess with it, with them, um, I remember seeing Anna uh, just not that long after Kaylee passed up at the Loch Ness Marathon. Um, 2012 okay. would have been, I think it was months after, maybe six months or something. I can't remember the specific dates, but um, she was like, um, I'm pregnant. And, um, you know, so Kaylee is going to be a big sister. You know, Kaylee had yeah. passed away by this point. And, um, and then you see the updates when they, they celebrate her birthday and the little, yeah. little, little, great, little, like, little sisters uh, are celebrating mm-hmm. and, you know, there are little sisters that grow up thinking than you are as well, the, yeah. way, the way they deal with it. So I think it's uh, really powerful and really um, inspiring in, in, in loads of different ways. And as, as, you know, I've told you guys before that, that you know, you've really done something really similar and it's really amazing how you've dealt with it and uh you know because there are lots of people unfortunately who have to go through this right. um and you've helped lots of those people in the same way that um you received some help um and uh yeah helped some people get through it a bit easier um and and you've uh, like i said as well at the start that um hamish has inspired so many people to get active as well, and that's, yeah. a, that's a legacy that um, ah, I think is amazing. You know, because yeah. neither you two were runners. I mean, you, obviously, you played football. I don't know if you were in any sports or anything before. You were a good swimmer, like when you were at, at school. At school, yeah, I but, but yeah. used, to, used to beat Hannah Miley. Did you not? Uh, hardly. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you told me. I've never. Was that Holly's chat? She used to beat <laughs> Hannah, Hannah Miley. Miley. I have never done that before. <laughs> Um, That's like Chris telling you you used to beat me at football. Yeah. <laughs> Never did. No, I, I did swim at school, but that was a long time ago. So my fitness levels were very, Aye. very low. Um, so, yeah, it made it made me run. And a few of my friends had never yeah. been into running. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us have entered various races. So Yeah. So, I mean, you, you got Neil Shearer running. I know. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that is something else. <laughs> like, yeah, Christ. That is amazing. Aye. Yeah. But even like to see your, was it your 
Grand done the 5k, was it? Yeah, she did the race for life 5k. You even seen, and her grand's what, 80? Mm-hmm. So Hamish's great granny. Hamish's great Hamish granny. Hamish's great granny. Yes. And seeing that, it's like unbelievable. Yeah. Like, like, that is everyone so powerful. Everyone wants to do something. Yeah, yeah they want to do their bit. Because the is... thing that they'll find as well, um, so people will, a lot of people will, will maybe do something once, but a lot of people will will try it and then realise how good running is. Mm-hmm. Because running is such a positive thing for yeah. so many reasons. Mm-hmm. A lot of things you guys have spoken about for dealing with stuff, but aside from that, it just makes you feel better in mm-hmm. lots of ways. So uh-huh. um, you can get people into much better, healthier lifestyles and and that can be mm-hmm. ongoing. And uh, and then the more of them running with the Hamish Gears vests and stuff at the events, uh, they promote it and other like... people will do it. And, yeah. You know, and like Hamish and Kaylee are... We're going to be doing that for a very long time. You know? ah, it's fantastic, yeah, you know? as, as long as we can uh, kind of put one foot in front of the other, I think. Definitely. definitely. Which is hopefully going to be the same as your grand, maybe. Hopefully, 80. Yeah, uh, 80. Yeah. I'll see you at maybe the Becker Hughes 10K. I think you'll have stopped playing football by that time. No. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll be reaching my peak by that point. I'm still in my, I'm still in kind of in my youth part. Because I, because I work offshore, I think in, my, in football terms, I'm only like 25. That's definitely how it works. I, it I is. I don't think your your um, head knocks over the years agree. Yeah, I've had a few head knocks, yeah. but you, yeah, the good thing is you don't get them in running. Well, you shouldn't get well, head knocks in running, really. Depends where you are running. Unless you're running like, with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an aggressive runner, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So uh, I mean, that's. I mean, I told you before. I'm amazed by what you guys have done and what you've achieved in the last. Um, Three years. Uh, I should be six now, wouldn't he? Three. Yeah. So my daughter's six. So That's same, right. Same I, age, yeah. I mean, you said I was. Yeah. In fact, you'd you'd sent us a message. It was just when your daughter was starting school, mm-hmm. and it. That's right. Felt it's these kind of messages that really mean a lot to us. Like you'd sent a message saying, "My daughter's starting school today. Today must be tough for you guys, because Hamish should be starting school yeah. today," and. And it was just it. It meant so much to us. Yeah, like, I, mean, I think like, that was that was triggered by a Facebook post uh, saying that Hamish would have started mm-hmm. school, and you know, saying you know, really happy. You're really happy to see all these other boys and girls starting school mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, I mean, that was yeah, that really that, it brought it home to me actually as much as anything mm-hmm. because I, I hadn't quite put the mass together and, and worked out that my daughter and Hamish were the same age yeah. either. You know, I had just realised mm-hmm. that day. Cheapers, I that's you know yeah. so then uh, you know. I think as well because that had been two years or coming up for two years after Hamish passed away. Sometimes maybe people get in touch less, mm-hmm. so it def it almost means more yeah. as well, especially those significant dates. Yeah, yeah, because you're never gonna be able to just pass them by, I guess, are no. you? You know, see, I mean, Facebook's mm-hmm. full of that every single year, even when it's folk going into yeah. the new class. Mm-hmm. It's not just starting school anymore, it's yeah. every new class, mm-hmm. there's a a picture with the, the kids yeah. starting. You know, it's lovely to see, isn't it? Ah, but, yeah, of um, course, you know, I mean, it's, we it, would be doing the exact same yeah. thing, so, so we, yeah. we totally get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we we have no issues at all with folk doing that. It's, yeah, just, it's just nice when, when folk just take mm-hmm. the time off out of their busy day to say, right, we're thinking of you today on Hamish's birthday, or we're thinking of you today mm-hmm. on what should have been Hamish's, you know, starting school day or mm-hmm. whatever. It's it, it, those things mean a lot. Like, and, it, and it's and it's good, I think, to hear it out loud from you guys that that's that you like 
receiving that because I mean mm-hmm. I, like I said I've done sort of similar things to with Anna. I, I knew Anna from school. Like yeah, I okay. Her sister Jenny was in my year at school, but I knew Anna as well. Uh, I thought you were uh, whole schools, you know. Whole schools. <laughs> <laughs> No, I got kicked out of that one. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, I went to school with those guys, so um, you know, and these significant dates, you know, and you type the message out, and yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. should, I, should I send I, that? Should I send that, or is it going to upset them too much? And you know, mm-hmm. and in the end, you know, I've, I have hit send, and then you know, the first time I sent one to Anna, I got a really nice message back, and you know, similar to what you would have sent me back, Chris, yeah. as well, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and you're like, tell me you really appreciate it, but I think it's good that. Yeah, to people, hear that people feedback. That, yeah, that it's like you said, you, you you like you love speaking about Hamish, but yeah. you know you also like to know that people are not forgetting about him. Aye, you know. I think like there's a bereaved. I don't know. I can't remember the website, but it's how to deal with basically friends who have lost a child. Oh yeah, okay. And how to deal with like say Christmas cards. <clears throat> Oh yeah, Christmas cards are a tough one for us because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. now a lot of them just say to Holly and Chris, um, "Have a good Christmas," and those are the Christmas cards that become uh, the next day's fire um, paper for the fire. Paper for the fire. <laughs> Whereas there's some folk now have obviously gone onto various websites and it says to Holly and Chris, thinking of Hamish mm. this Christmas. Just yeah. very, very simple, yeah. but yeah. folk have obviously taken the, the time out to to. Um, to do that and I know it's so difficult because there's probably a, a big section of folk thinking oh no if we put Hamish's name on then they're going to it's going to set them off it's going to mm. make them upset but it's 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 um totally different but it is tough and, and, and I think oh, yeah yeah and yeah. then and like you know I know that you guys don't mean zero offense by saying those Christmas cards going to fire yeah but those are the it's just because it's upsetting I to know. look at mm-hmm. and you know yeah. people shouldn't hear that in a, in a sort of negative way it's not like you know it's just difficult for people uh-huh. to know what to do but you're not going to sit and look at that yeah because it's going to be upsetting whereas if a card yeah. mentions hamish you're going to be i you're, you're going to like looking at that card basically yeah. so yeah and it, i mean that is i mean i never really thought about that to be honest you know i it's just a uh, christmas card or, or whatever you know that's tricky it's maybe a generational thing like maybe more of now that mm-hmm. local will begin to speak about things whereas in the past the older generation would maybe be just more move on, move on more inclined to not bottling things up, not speaking about things. It's yeah, classic, yeah. isn't it? For Aye. for that, and mm-hmm. I mean, we we talk a bit about mental health and stuff in the podcast, and that's another thing that people mm-hmm. talk about more about now, and it's much Aye, much it's, uh, more positive. It's great that it's more talked about. Like yeah, you need to speak about these things. So normally, I would um, ask people guess this question kind of towards the end of a podcast but it seems more appropriate to ask it now so we, we've got this sort of running theme of um how running has saved your life um and for various different things and, and bereavement is obviously one of those ones that comes up and i guess um would you say i mean it's obviously had a massive massively mm-hmm. positive impact on your life and i mean what do you think you, where do you think you'd be without running uh well, I, yeah, def- I mean, I, I wouldn't say run and save my life, but I don't think we would be <coughs> near where we are today without running. Me, you know, I, I don't think I could have gone back to my work and functioned at my work without chinning someone or yeah. or, or, um, or doing something stupid, lashing out 
um, going out to the pub and no. burying my head in a pint mm. because you know I used to like a drink when I was younger and I think mm. I, mean, I think because you've like you've never been really an angry person you're such a laid back person prior to this yeah obviously it, it definitely changes you as a person mm-hmm. so I do think run-ins helped you deal with those emotions mm-hmm. definitely. So it's definitely helped and for me I think it's just the like stresses and the like the upset inside of it that it helps me with yeah like um, the sadness and that mm-hmm. I think that's why I need running otherwise I think I would just be I would think I would still be locked up in the house and not speaking yeah, to anyone I think we'd be more more reclusive like we'd, I think so I really think we wouldn't be as open as what we are. We wouldn't be able to go and do near as much as we have done with the charity. Um, but also in our own personal lives, mm-hmm. you doing, you know, with your work and myself going back to my work, going away to see you again. It's it's been massive for us, like mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely a coping. coping yeah, mechanism. yeah. No, I, I I kind of imagine that would be. Yeah, your answer, like, but um, you know, it's um, I, 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 I don't know, you know, running sort of came along for me, um, just as some a hobby to have that would keep me fit. I, I used to, I mean, I was still playing football, doing a bit of football coaching, playing in a band, mm-hmm. doing gigs on stuff, I guess, and then um, just before my eldest daughter was born, I thought can't do all those things you know mm-hmm. and I had to pick something that was going to be a hobby and I, I kind of felt I had to pick one and like my favorite thing probably was playing in the band but that was like the least healthy <laughs> hobby I had you know right. you would go out and you'd drink whilst you're playing gigs and right. uh, you'd, you'd eat crap before gigs and stuff like that because you had no time to have right, a proper meal and, and all yeah, that yeah, yeah. and uh, so I was like I could do that but I'll probably end up being fat by the time I'm 32 and I was 30 at the time so um, I sort of I don't know why I had done a little bit of running uh, before that and hadn't really liked it either I'm not sure why no. I decided that running was I, I think I just I think it's maybe the competitiveness as well I sort of thought I'm going to go and do it properly and see uh, how good I, I can be and then I just made the decision to chuck all the other stuff in and I took up running um, sort of six years ago I suppose it would be now and, um, and it wasn't long before you know, it was like so many positive things came out of it, and uh, I realised that I totally loved running. Once I started doing it more often and uh, mm-hmm. started enjoying it, and uh, and I, I, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but I used to get a little bit of um, I'm not sure if it was depression or so, or such, but you know, I'd have tough days, tough weeks sometimes where yeah. I'd just be struggling a little bit to cope with things in terms of you know just everyday stuff and just yeah you know life. just life in uh, general and just have you know sort of down times and stuff but never anything totally serious and I would get through it after a few days but I can't remember the last time that happened you know mm-hmm. um years since I've yeah, yeah maybe half the odd time and I'm like I'm a bit pissed yeah, off with stuff but you know generally and I think that's a yeah. lot to do with running to be honest mm-hmm. um for me so I think it's uh, it can be such a good thing you know a really really good thing and, and like I say and then I suppose I've had the other things 
the odd thing to deal with as well. Like, like I lost my grandma last year, which yeah. was yeah, quite tough to take, even though it was not that unexpected. And uh, running health process, all ah, that stuff. Yeah, you know. yeah, loss is a loss. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's and you can be a grand can be like a mum to you sometimes, mm-hmm. and it can be so close to you. And yeah, it's um, I think with like the running, it's it's such a a natural thing to do. And just being out there, it's it's um. Whether I don't know if you do you prefer being running on your own or are you obviously you do your group work, or yeah um. I I don't run with people that often, you ah. know, and and I always run by myself to start with. I, I I enjoy running with folk when the opportunity arises, but um I'm not sure. I think I would always like a mix. You know, uh, I don't think I would like to exclusively run with just people, you know, yeah. all the time. Some people do that all the time, and yeah. and and that's that's really good actually to chat with folk when you're running and stuff as well. And you, yeah, you, suppose, you get a good yeah. good bit of perspective, and you can sort of share problems. And mm-hmm. it's a weird thing; it more honesty comes out when you're running with folk. Mm-hmm. I find when uh, you're yeah. chatting. Um, Camaraderie kind of thing. Yeah, there's that as well, and and I think there's the side by side nature of it. You're not looking folk in the eye when you're um, letting out some of your deep dark secrets or whatever, you know, and uh, stuff comes out, and and that's good. But I think it would be important for me to have time on my own as well, you know. Um, But I do enough running that I would never. I would never be exclusively with groups anyway. I'm running pretty much every day most of the time um, quite often early in the morning and stuff like that so Aye. Um, yeah no I, I think it works pretty well for me actually but, um, but I do enjoy running with folk when I, when I get the chance yeah as well um, alright so alright so that's um, I kind of dealt with that question I suppose I'm kind of doing this a bit backwards now but um, so you got obviously you got into running <clears throat> Um, a few years ago, um, helping you deal with mm-hmm. Hamish uh, passing, and um, and you set up the charity, which probably gave you an an additional reason to run, take part in events, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But what what does running look like for you, like then and and now? So I know. I kind of know what Chris's running is like because we're we're on Strava together and all that sort of stuff. But so Holly, what sort of running do you do then? Um, the slow jogging type. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's better I think than that. The, the yeah. first year that I ran, so two thousand and sixteen, um, was probably the year I took it most seriously and like any race I enter so I've only done up to 10k's any race I enter I do see my old swimming competitive side coming Mm. out but I'm also when I'm running a race not when I'm training for the races or out with my friends running when I'm running a proper race I do think like don't stop because Hamish never gave up that is definitely like my inspiration to keep mm-hmm. going in a race maybe not when I'm training I'm like okay I need to stop now <laughs> but for a race I do think you know I have to do this for him right. so that keeps me going so the first year I did the Glasgow 10k in an hour and one minute that was my it's your fastest that was my it? fastest 10k right. yeah and I've progressively got slower <laughs> so I always thought like you were you were 
you were a shoe in for getting under an hour, and I thought, yeah, your competitive side will shine through, but. I'm not sure what happened in 2017 <laughs> or 2018, but I've still I still sign up for a few runs and mm-hmm. I still do them and I'm yeah. so pleased with myself because I'm not a natural runner. Um, I'm gonna run with feet are like um, instead of pointing like forward, our feet are off to the side like ten ten to two. <laughs> Chris likes to tell me this often. Yeah, that my feet. My like feet are like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't filmed, so I'm fashion. So no, I'm not a natural runner, but I still sign up. So I've got a couple mm-hmm. of races this year, and I I just wear my vest and mm-hmm. for the charity. Yes, yeah. um, it's great seeing know. how much it means to you. Like when you come across the line, especially if you're with your pals. Yeah, Holly, I think you're obviously more well, not obviously, but you are more emotional than than me. Mm-hmm. And and just to see her crossing that line and just see how proud she is. Mm-hmm. It means a lot to me seeing yeah. her like, and it, it's like that's my wife. I'm just so proud of her like, yeah. and then she's doing it with her pals. I think I think it's fantastic. Like, yeah, and it is. I mean, getting. I mean, I, I <clears throat> literally don't care how fast or slow anybody does a ten k mm-hmm. apart from, apart from my own time. Exactly. You know, and and, and mm-hmm. I don't care if somebody does it in forty minutes or an hour or an hour and a half yeah. or whatever. You know, it's it's the running that's the main thing. You know, mm-hmm. and doing something positive and. So um, that, that's yeah. I don't. I really doesn't matter. Um, you're doing something for mm-hmm. emotion. That's that's the main thing. And I'll, and I'll carry on. Yeah. doing the races. Yeah, regardless of the time. Mm-hmm. I said before I'm forty. I'm gonna do the Glasgow half. So oh, I can run through the Park. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to do that one day. And fortunately for you, you're not as old as Chris and I. No. So you've got a while before you're forty. <laughs> <so. Yeah. laughs> many years to plan this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mean it. You're only five, six years younger than me. Exactly, many years before I'm 40. <laughs> yeah. But I think her pals that she was out running with, she, she's just quite a negative runner. Like, yeah. you're always complaining about stuff. If there's a sign <laughs> that says 4K, they say, oh yes, 4K, but there's still six to go. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, it's I, think I, I find running hard. I'm not the fittest, but I try my best. So uh, I do a... find it hard. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's not always enjoyable, but I want to do yeah. it. Yeah, how, how often do you run then? Um, so not so much this year yet, yeah. um, but I would maybe go out. And you're training for someone, you're I would go out three once, times a week? No, I'd say maybe, maybe the first year I went out a few times ah, a week, okay. but maybe once a week, mm-hmm. um, but I go out with someone, I do yeah. go out, I need that encouragement to go out <clears> with someone and yeah. I enjoy the company as yeah. well, being with folk when I'm running, um, but I, I would go on my own as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've oh, been out yourself a few times. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I don't know, is it just so you've got someone to speak to, or is it just to motivate you? A bit of both, I think. I think or is yeah, it a confidence it thing? Or? Maybe all three, yeah. Maybe and a, a reason to go as well, maybe. Yeah, like if we both say we're going to go, yeah. we'll stick to it. So it, it helps both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but talking and catching up whilst we're running. It helps the running because you don't realise how much running you've done. Yeah, and you Although, could catch up whilst drinking a gin and tonic, sitting yeah, down so your backside. Yeah, yeah. so it's a, it's a better way to do it. Like yeah. Chris always tells me, I shouldn't be able to talk when I'm running, or I'm not running hard enough. <laughs> oh, Chris is clearly not a, a running coach because he's, he's got that. Run. I've seen a yeah. fast Chris does his training runs, and uh, I've told him off for it before. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I've, I've kind of tempered that, kind of run as fast as you can for as long mm-hmm. as you can. That's, yeah, that's not, yeah. yeah. It's, I think the key is a lot of long, steady stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots of different ways to do it. Aye. Aye, lots of different ways to do it. Um, All right, so Chris, you're running, I mean, I've been super impressed by your running, actually. Um, You know, I, I think the first time, I'm trying to think, did I see you at Baker Hughes? Oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah. Three, three yeah. years ago. Just outside Asda, right? Mm-hmm. It was the day you lost your... Charm. You never lost the charm, that's right, right, aye. You found it, didn't you? Found it about aye. three days later, aye. Aye, no, that's right, I was thinking about it earlier. Yeah, aye, it was that true. day, I saw you outside aye. Asda. And so, just to put it into context, there's you, you were trying to run a sub-40, weren't that's you? Right, yeah. and, and you'd run pretty close at Balmoral, Balmoral which is aye, a beast of a right. race. And me and my mate were like, ah, oh, well, you'll definitely do it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you did. I can't write your time. It was it. just sneaked under. I think aye, it was 39. 39-something yeah. or other. 54 or something But, um, like but you did it. And so that was three years ago, mm-hmm. um, which is not a long time ago. Um and then since then you've gone on to do half marathons and marathons and yeah I've been focusing on the kind of longer well, and like your half I remember your half marathon time well you did a three o what did your half marathon what's your half marathon PB it's like one one nineteen forty two that was Glasgow that did was, you do that before London or before after Lochranach that was before Loch two weeks before Lochranach so you did your London uh, April. In April, and you did like a three hundred one, was 301, it? Three hundred one, and um, you know, and it was a really tough day, as we discussed, really hot, mm-hmm. and I was, I wasn't, I, I wouldn't say I was surprised because you know I'd seen your training and and you know you were on for a good time, but I was impressed. And my climatization. Yeah, climatization, which you hadn't told me about, otherwise, <laughs> you know, I would have been less impressed. I realised why <laughs> you had such a good time. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> but then your Loch Rannoch, well, you did your your half in. Is that September then? Was it the, if it's the Glasgow? Yeah. Was it Glasgow? Yeah, yeah. It's the last weekend must have been September. September. Yeah, September. so you did that, and, and I, I remember being like cheapers. Mm-hmm. That's a cracker of a time. Ah, that, that surprised um, me. Like, um, you, what was it? That race were quite funny with your facials. You could see how hard you were trying. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a proper was a sub eighty is something like I've I've not done, and uh, I feel like I should have done it, but I haven't done it. <laughs> and, uh, and you went out and did it. Probably how many half marathons did you run? That's, uh, is that my third? Third. Aye, so three in, in probably a bit of space of about a year and a half or something like that. And, and you got yourself under 80 minutes. And then not long after you went to the Lochranich one and smashed three hours. Aye. What are you, 250? 254 according to Lochranich's time. But I kept going because on my watch it just said 26 point. One, two, or something. Mm-hmm. So I just kept running past the finish line and up a hill somewhere. Like a total maniac. I thought we were looking like at me thinking, this boy's, this boy's <laughs> not right. Yeah, you're probably right, though. <laughs> so I, I just stopped at 26.2. So, nah, so you got something like 256 or something on the start of the course. Your official time is 254. 254. That is an amazing marathon time. So have you done three marathons or four? Maybe? No. Because well, you, did you did one off of. Hardly any training, didn't you? It was Manchester. Manchester, was Manchester yeah, that was. Days. Yeah, 338. Then, then three. Oh, Malta, of course. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's, let's kinda, we'll cross out Malta. That didn't, that didn't happen in my head. Yeah, um, and then Lochranich in Edinburgh. Oh, in so I've gone like 338, 316, 301, 250. Four. Four, yeah. 
which is a fair progression to, so, to be honest so that's, yeah, it's gone well. impressive like mm. so I'm not very good at, well I'm not great at the fives and the tens I've, I've not really focused on that like. yeah I mean you need, you need to do you need to do training that works for that I mean exactly. so you, without focusing on it you've still run like what's your PB at 10 uh, 37 20 something 30 right, which is a good 10 ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. it's not doesn't it's doesn't match time. up with a 254 marathon but it's a it's a good time right. you know yeah and um, a lot of folk would be really pleased with that um, I'll have to try and catch Jonathan <laughs> is that your goal well it'd be good to try and at least beat him at one <laughs> he's just he's just too bloody fast I all these Melbourne lads did a 249 didn't he um, I know just uh, another week there's someone in that water really team oh the, I, the, I, the, <laughs> actually. I reckon there's someone in that water in Meldrum EPU I'm not accusing the Meldrum boys of digging <laughs> performance enhancers it's maybe beetroot juice filtering through the, the, the water uh, Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Not the same ones you had, though. <laughs> no. Yeah. Aye, Johnny's got some pretty cracking times. Aye, it's great to see. But that's, uh, you know, you, when you see that, it gives you something to push or aim for. Like. Right. I mean, I, I saw, I mean, I never knew Johnny at all until maybe a couple of years ago through running, just met him at events and stuff and spoke to him. But up at that Loch Ness Marathon that I spoke about back in 2012, where I had, I wasn't a runner and I just had rocked up with very, very little training and stuff. Uh, and I ran like, there was a second marathon I did that year and I did it in 424. Uh-huh. And I mean, I had no idea about marathon training and stuff, but, but Johnny in his first marathon ran a 307. And I was just like, whoa. And I sent my message going, I can't believe you ran that in your first marathon. It's amazing, you know, but. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's nuts. And, uh, but he's gone on to be mm-hmm. way quicker than that as well. And, his 10k and 5k and his half times are all really good as well so aye but it is inspiring to watch guys because I mean I've, I've run a quicker marathon than, than 307 but um, yeah um, 303 is my PB from a few Where years back uh, Edinburgh oh aye um, but seeing that he's gone from 307 to 249 you know and uh, his 10k times and 5k times are quicker than mine but not massively quicker I don't aye. think he's maybe like he's in the 35s I've got a 36 and he's Got ah, sub- okay. I think he's got a sub 17 5k. Is he? I think either that or low 17s, maybe. And I'm, I'm after a 17 27. So you look at that and go, if he can do that, I can I can get that, you know? Yeah, it and gives you uh, something to strive for, uh, right? Aye, yeah, totally. And, and same for you. I mean, you've done your, your 254. And okay. that's, I mean, that's like, it's a super quick time. Like, yeah. you know, for only been running for a couple of two, three years. Well, two years when you did that, must have been. Yeah, two and a bit. Aye. Which is. That's impressive, actually. Need to um, sickening. He might sicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine to have all it because when I'm at home, like, because I work offshore, so mm-hmm. I, I, I've got the four weeks um, at home. So at least I don't have to worry about working in an office and then having to come home and then run yeah, like. Yeah. And then when I'm on the boat, I just give everybody else the work and just go, <laughs> and, go, to, go to the gym. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean, I've I've been at like. Uh, I've helped maybe, or I've done, been doing work in the garden during the day, and then after that, I think I just can't be asked going out after after working during the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how folk like yourself who have nine to five jobs mm-hmm. actually find the motivation to actually do it before they go to work, uh, go running before work, or go running after work. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would never be able to do that. I, I struggle if I, for whatever reason, would need to go for a run afterwards. 
Aye. It doesn't suit me at all. Like right. I, I want to, unless I've got something organised, you know, like I've got like a, a group down in Strachan that I go to. Aye. If folk are kind of relying on me because I'm the coach, so I kind of have to turn up. And, <laughs> you know, uh, I have to go and, and I'll and I'll quite enjoy it once I'm there. You know, Aye. But, um, you know, it's kind of just become part of the routine now uh, since I started. But, you know, if I'd, you know, hadn't got out in the morning for the run, my own run. Yeah. And then be like, oh, I'll try and go at lunchtime, and then for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh man, this is this is gonna be a struggle. And I get home, and just you know, kids to put to bed, I've got supper to have, and all that. And then, and you also got to wait ages after you've had your tea mm-hmm. for it to settle, mm-hmm. and all, you know. And I just Coronation Street, uh, Coronation Street's mm-hmm. never a blame when it comes to me. I don't, I don't <laughs> like that, but uh, <laughs> but no, just just sitting in my ass having a cup of tea, or, you know. And then it's like, oh man, it's now. Eight o'clock or nine o'clock, and I'm just like, Aye. I can't. I, it just doesn't suit me. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not really early in the morning you got guy. The like, morning, yeah, I, mean, I was, I was out, did a uh, long run before work this morning, and it's Aye. fine. That suits me much better. You know, I'm, I'm good at getting up in the morning. I'm motivated. Motivation, motivation dwindles as the day goes on yeah. for me. You know, I'm, uh, like, up it and is it. harder to, to get. You normally go out afterwards. I, yeah, but then that's why I commit to going out with someone yeah I, so we both go like yeah I, like i can i can never go out after work before yeah that's okay could do that mm-hmm. but you know you press a snooze button about 23 times every morning <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um yeah it's it's i can never do it afterwards like. so for me like see getting up in the morning like I, i'm i've always been pretty good at getting up in the morning but this morning, for example, right, my, my wife is not a morning person. She's the total opposite. If, if um, she was going to be doing exercise, she doesn't do running. But if she did, I can imagine she'd be an evening one, like, uh, um, mm-hmm. for sure. And never, ever, ever in the morning. She stays in her bed as long as she possibly can. You know, mm-hmm. um, If she had to get up five to nine to get to work for nine o'clock, that's what she would do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a sort of mentality. and <laughs> Just likes being in her bed in the morning. And so for me... Like my alarm was set for quarter five this morning, so I had enough time to go into my long run. I can't hit snooze because I'll be doing her nothing if it's beeping every uh, five minutes. Or every right. So that's like an extra slice of motivation just to get out of bed and not do it. But it's all right for yeah. them to keep pressing that snooze button. <laughs> <laughs> but what what was good with with Holly's like what what her running was when she took out the uh, the lads in Peterhead. Mm-hmm. That kind of helped you because that motivated you to because she, yeah, she so was, I had to commit to it each week because she was in charge of the, yeah. the, the running that was mm-hmm. their part of their it's not what's it called now their community payback order community payback order mm-hmm. yeah yeah. so we set up a group in March last year I uh, not me was. just your work yeah my uh, work um, and took people out um, who we worked with, so I'm a social worker, so we had a group of guys that uh, we decided to take out and really just recognising how much running had helped me and other people said the same, we thought if it helps us then it might help people that we're working with who maybe have drug or alcohol problems or just... Um, mental health issues um, and don't really do anything productive with their time so we had like an hour group um, for 12 weeks and we followed the couch to 5k app so we said to them we'd train them up over time and we would enter a 5k Um, so we did it you know it was 
it was later than March, but we, we um, finished about August time, July or August. Um, but there wasn't a 5k that we knew locally. So we went to one of the park runs um, and there was a wee group of us did it on the, the final day, which oh, was amazing. Yeah. We got great feedback and they said themselves how much they enjoyed doing it and how much like they committed to it. And sometimes they would really struggle to commit to something, yeah. but I think they realised how much it was helping them and, and something they could just go and do themselves as well. And it doesn't cost anything. It's yeah, no, that's, that's, so that's, many benefits. Yeah, you told me about that before, and um, I was going to ask you about it. So I'm glad you brought it up, Chris. It's um, absolutely love that. I just mm-hmm. I think it's brilliant, and um, you know, on the face of it, it would be easy to do. You know, totally. and, I, I, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to undermine the effort. It probably was a bit of bureaucracy involved and that sort of thing, but <laughs> um, the actual doing of it is mm-hmm. telling them. Giving them a print, I print out the couch five k plan, saying this is what you need to do. We'll, I don't know how many times you met up a week or whatever, but one, two, or three times a week, um, and it's shown an interest in them as well. You yeah. know, I know. Uh, so I mean, I think I'd imagine, and I'm, I've never been involved in it in any shape or form. But I'd imagine people who have gone through stuff like those guys um, probably aren't massively keen on social workers interfering and stuff, no. perhaps, and. If you're like, well, look, let's just go running. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to run a five k by the end of this. Right. Get something, yeah. you know. And if they buy into it, which it's easier to buy into that than sitting and talking about stuff, perhaps. And mm-hmm. and then you know you'll have helped them massively. Mm-hmm. I would, I would think, and I hope. No, the and, feedback uh, was really good. Yeah. We did um, like evaluation forms at the end, and the the feedback was great. And everyone had different reasons for wanting to do it, mm-hmm. um, but. I think the outcome was the same for most of them. Yeah. If it was, it was great. Because I've seen, I mean, without dealing with people that have got any specific issues, I mean, I, I take a Jog Scotland group um, in Strachan, started off last year, mm-hmm. and we didn't, like, do a 12-week plan of 5K or anything, but um, over time, uh, we just set a date and said, right, let's go along the Ellen Park run. And there was about five of them, I think, came along and did their first 5K. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was like super proud of those guys yeah. you know and, and just they all ran the whole thing and, mm-hmm. and they were you know smiling at the end and really chuffed with themselves and you could see mm-hmm. that what it meant a lot because there was one or two of them were like a bit apprehensive you know it came around a bit quicker than they were hoping uh-huh. and well, maybe hadn't been out running as much as they'd wanted to but then when you get caught mm-hmm. up in the thing and don't run too fast and that sort of thing and yeah, you, you, you yeah. Know, just run the whole yeah. thing and totally surprised them a couple of them totally surprised themselves by the time they did yeah. it in yeah. and um, you know, it's really good. So I can imagine if you went to the other end of the spectrum, like like you are with these guys, you know, we've had whatever issues have had social issues and and drug or whatever issues mm-hmm. they've had, mental health issues, and and then you show that you invest something in them, and um, and they get something really positive out of it. I mm-hmm. mean, that could have a massive positive impact on their life going forward. So I, I totally mm-hmm. think that's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's like I think like I think a lot of people, but even so, uh, people that have had work with social workers, a lot of them have like confidence issues. Yeah, and and being able to actually go out and realise, oh wait a minute, I actually can do a five k. That gives you a confidence, um, within you, and then you think, well, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. If I can do that, 
and it's mm. not to do with just running, but what else can yeah, I do? Definitely, that's that everyone else can do. Like. Yeah, and I mean that. I I think that goes for for everybody as well. And then um, I spoke to. This is totally seems like unrelated, but I t- spoke to Zoe Clark in one of these interviews, and she's the like GB four hundred meter champion indoor, and she was talking about when she took up running as a teenager. Uh-huh. She was really, she used to be really shy and uh-huh. struggled uh-huh. to speak in front of people and mm-hmm. all this, but and then she found that she was good at running and it was something she could do and be confident yeah. with, and then it just uh-huh. like transformed her personality almost. And you know, mm-hmm. you would never guess that she was a shy person. You know, totally. Um, yeah. talking to her and seen her in interviews on TV and all, and all the rest of it and she's just carried herself really well and but yeah. that's because she found the confidence through athletics so, yeah. um, and I think that could translate to lots of things um, that was a bit like the um, that thing in the States wasn't it the Skid Row Marathon I, yeah, I haven't seen I, that have you seen that I haven't yet? seen it no, no I need to watch that that came out just after I was it your idea? Well, uh, yeah, I think we should. You're so pissed off. I was gutted. Because <laughs> you're still still my idea. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, they filmed that about two years ago. <laughs> oh, no. So I, I, I heard about that on a podcast, um, like, before it was released. I heard the story of the... It was a judge, wasn't it? Who, That's who right. judge that yeah. went along and um, these guys, instead of... I oh, know, so I think there was there was two uh, two elements of it, or somebody had this running, taking homeless people out running a mm-hmm. thing. I think it was a judge, and the judge it? was involved, and mm-hmm. I can't remember if he. Yeah, I think it was a judge. I, I I think it was a judge. I was getting a bit mixed up. So he, I think he was getting fed up of these guys mm-hmm. landing appearing in his court, petty uh, things coming yeah. back. So he actually <laughs> went down to Skid Row, mm-hmm. which is the whether it's a nickname for a street or something, mm-hmm. and just. Hand, well, just spoke to the homeless guys uh-huh. who were there who had all sorts of different issues, reasons for being homeless, and started mm-hmm. a little running club with him. And it was like, we'll meet at this time on this day of the week mm-hmm. and we'll go running. And you have to ditch all your drugs. Um, and then as long as you commit to this, I'll commit to you. Mm-hmm. And, and, then oh. like, and he would um, take them through. Uh, train them up and you know, the, and so they, they then a film company got wind of it and they came along and started filming and stuff and they've created mm-hmm. this uh, amazing movie apparently I've not seen it but it's it's supposed to be really, really powerful but basically they have a group of them and I think it's maybe once a year they somebody who achieves within the group gets mm-hmm. sent an international marathon to compete That's right, it. I, yeah. and, um, and apparently the stories through that mm-hmm. are Amazing, you know, mm-hmm. people have turned their lives around, and not everyone, but you know, as long as if, if you get one out of every group, it turns your life around, it's worth doing, mm-hmm. it, I think. And, um, yeah, and I, I remember hearing that and thinking, man, that would be such a cool thing to actually do. Yeah, I was actually contemplating going along uh, the streets of Aberdeen at like five o'clock in the morning to try and get folk out running, but uh-huh. logistically, I mean, I don't, wouldn't know what I'm doing, but um, so, but yeah, something mm-hmm. that still, you know, would like to do something like that, you know, because. Those are like forgetting, forgotten people in society. Uh, they, you know, just I was down in Glasgow last weekend, and my daughter was just like so upset about all these homeless people. Uh, couldn't get her, couldn't mm-hmm. wrap her head around how people were homeless. Why, why, right, yeah. why are they homeless? Are, are they within a got a mummy and daddy? You know, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like trying to explain that. You know, well, yeah. you know, they're actually grown ups, but something's happened in their life that's that's uh, led, led them there, and you know, most of the time it won't be their fault, and it's just unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and she was she's spent about two days speaking about, um, about it, speaking yeah. about um it would be good if there were no homeless people in the world and all this stuff and I'm like, yeah but yeah such a difficult thing to, to deal with right, it's a very good question that your daughter brought up why are why are why are there people sleeping in the streets aye and, and I, I'm like I struggle I, I give her an answer yeah you know because I don't know the answer yeah 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 um, well it's an unfair society I think is one answer but yeah it's um but anything you can do like that so mm-hmm. I think what you've done is amazing actually and uh yeah just one other inspiring thing that you mm-hmm. guys have, have been involved in I suppose and um is, are you going to do that again um I think they are doing it again so I'm on a secondment at the oh, moment okay. so um I'm not linked in with it but I, I believe there's another group running oh, cool. um, and hopefully get another one in a different yeah. area Aye, so it'd be great yeah, if it could it, carry it yeah because uh, yeah, I mean that's a, mm-hmm. it's a regular a bit, thing it's a bit I mean that's a sort of slightly different to um you got doctors prescribing running now to people and that sort of thing for oh. for physical health and maybe I think maybe mental health as well. But you know, it's another approach that social workers mm-hmm. and, and that. Mm-hmm. Um, you also given them a, a feed as well, weren't you? They got like yeah, a... we we had um, like a resource centre. We would go to afterwards and sit down and have something to eat and juice and that. So there there was maybe a extra element there. Um, but mm. it was good that they they still wanted to come along. They still did the run and they, they got the because we we made it like a health group as well. So mm-hmm. we focused on like their nutrition yeah. and um, trying to get them healthy as as well. I mean, mm-hmm. you, we couldn't expect them to go out and do a run if they hadn't maybe had um, eaten beforehand. Piece or, of food for two yeah, days or things. Yeah. So right. we we incorporated it all. So it was it was a great yeah I, I, I know, loved yeah, doing it. It was a great superb, idea. Actually, really really good. And then they beat me at the park run. <laughs> they left me behind. That's right. One boy went storming off, didn't he? Yeah. Well, they both did. Oh, did they? And then, but pretty, it was so nice because form, I got um, <laughs> they cheered me over the line. Oh, well, so that yeah. was nice. Yeah, and then you're probably quite happy. For them to run as fast as they could. So. Absolutely, yeah, I guess um, the time they could. Yeah. So, so um, aye, I'm not really sure what's um, what have you got planned coming up then? Uh, You've signed up for a couple of things. You said. Yeah, I've got like a five k, but it's like an obstacle inflatable thing up at Castle Fraser. Oh, I've heard of May. that one. Yeah. So I've never done something like that before, but there's a lot of people doing it. Big group of us, and then Glasgow ten k. Oh yeah. Yeah, Glasgow is that in September? End of September, uh, yeah. So it's usually a bit a good... of time to try and get out. Yeah. And practice again. Aye. Yeah. Through the summer. Yeah. The yeah. only one I've got is the uh, Great North Run. Yes. Um, I've oh, got yeah. into that, but I don't know what's happened with my my rota, so I've not actually entered anything at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I got into the Great North Run, so that's one I've always wanted to do. That'd yeah, be, that'd be great, it looks right? good actually. Those look good. Aye. But aye, I suppose one thing we're doing. It's a twelve-hour oh, thing. Oh, of course, yes. I, I have. I have mentioned it on the podcast already. Geez, but, um, that's uh, September. Mm-hmm. So Chris and Johnny, he was working with Johnny Corner. The three of us, anyway, plus some others, we're going to try and get roped in. We're going to do this twelve-hour uh, run up and down Mormon Hill here, and and see how many yeah. times we can do it. Mm-hmm. See how many miles we can cover. So yeah. that'll be a bit different for all of us. It'll be interesting, like so. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Is it 12 hours? Is, I mean, the, the most I've ever run was like, what, that Sterling Marathon when we were dre- oh, dressed yeah. up. It's been like five hours and that was hard. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think running 
running for five hours is a lot harder than running for three just because your body starts to yeah. shut down like yeah yeah mm-hmm. so running for 12 i'm not long enough to speak to somebody about this <laughs> uh, it's going to be a different type of training uh, uh, for sure i mean i, I always i was speaking to a guy about this other week and i was like i've got this idea in my head that i'm i'm going to be a really good ultra marathon runner okay so you do to back it up with no so yeah, yeah. reasoning yeah, for yeah. it at all but for some reason i think i'll get it managed no problem yeah so uh here are my here are my kids so we can break oh, a piece here we go um here's trouble <laughs> so we'll uh I think we'll wrap it up there, actually, given that that's like, that's over an hour I've been chatting. So Aye. It goes, uh, goes past quickly, doesn't it? So, so, I, um, so before we go, uh, where can people find out more about Hamish Deer's Warm Hugs? Uh, they can go on the website, uh, hamishdeerswarmhugs.com, or they can go on Facebook. Uh, on Yeah, we're getting we're getting bombed. Sorry, my, my kids have just <laughs> yeah. interrupted everything the proceedings. So tell us again, sorry. Have they just been playing outside in back of nine, half nine, pitch black? Yeah, don't tell them what the time is. That's <laughs> 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 ah, okay, they can join in. Ah, so, hiya. Uh, yeah, so Facebook, we're on uh, Facebook. Um, Facebook's most up to date. Aye. Most, Facebook most page. Yeah. Relevant cool. information. But, uh, thanks for letting us uh, uh, chat about Thank Hamish. you very much for, for coming along and telling mm-hmm. us your story. No problem. Um, much appreciated. And um, so we'll look forward to seeing how you get on with your, your events. Mm-hmm. See you next race, aye. I will be rocking my Hamish Deer's Warm Hugs vest. Good man. And event uh-huh. sometime soon, I'm sure. All right. Thanks, thanks guys. Thank Cheers. See you, you later. Okay, thanks very much for that, uh, Chris and Holly. Um, I, as I said before, that was uh, it was really inspiring stuff. Actually, I um, I knew a little bit about that through chatting with Chris and stuff. But um, yeah, to hear it, the story, sort of from start to finish like that, and and what what um, running has meant for them and how it's helped them was was amazing, actually. And um, so, I don't know, do you uh, do you know? Either of Chris and Holly, have you met those guys before, Jenny? Or? No, no, I hadn't actually, I hadn't come across their story at all till you um, raised it. So I think it's really, really good and really important to share their story for a, for a few reasons. Actually, listening to it, I've, I don't know if it's just an age thing or just happens to be that maybe through podcasts I've heard a little bit more about grief um, and a little bit about how you deal with loss but the things that really stuck out to me was and how inspired I was by them and what a great thing it is to be talking about it and being open about it is how we communicate and how we speak to people who mm-hmm. are dealing with loss and grief in their life because they they said it themselves you know is you don't want to be ignored and and hmm. you don't want to be awkward about it. You want to be open. And I guess what we need to do, and I say we, I'm speaking about people that haven't got first-hand experience of losing a child or um, certainly with losing somebody that's very close to you, is you, you don't know what to say. And actually that itself is, is a barrier that, that we need to 
get over and actually that shouldn't mean that we don't speak to people and I loved hearing how open they are uh, you know about their son and and how they want to speak about it and they want people to talk to them about their son because it's so important to them and that's how people mm -hmm. how we how we hold on to people's memories and how you know people can still be an inspiration I just thought it's a really good message and a really worthwhile thing to take away from it is that certainly when I speak to people now or when I have a friend or someone I know that is dealing with loss I'm not going to shy away I'm going to send that message you know and I'm not going to talk to them as if you know that person didn't exist mm -hmm. and really celebrate celebrate you know these people and I just thought it was lovely to to hear them talking about Hamish and I think that's really important and really great thing mm -hmm. for us to you know for humans to learn about is mm. maybe it's is it a British thing I don't know We've yeah just I was to gonna be a bit more I, open I was gonna say that actually I don't know because obviously we are we are British and uh, you know <laughs> have the experience of what it's like in other countries but I think you know we we all often say that about being relatively closed to emotions yeah. in our country and I think probably in other places maybe not quite so bad but I don't know when, when it comes to something like this um, it's it's you know really really difficult to know what the right thing to do is and how to approach it and I thought that was that was for me as well it was one of the really really crucial things that I took away from that yeah mm. uh, you know and I've you know I have spoken to Chris and Holly a little bit in the past, you know, kind of brought it up in the podcast that I sent that sent Chris a message on what would have been Hamish's first day at school and that sort of thing, and and that was the sort of thing that you're like, mm, I don't really know if I should press send on this or mm -hmm. not, you no, know, because you're not sure. So it was, I thought it was, you know, and, and instantly I got a message back from him saying how much he appreciated and that sort of thing. I was like, yeah. oh, the right thing to do. But, um, Such a great message. And um, but then for him to to be so or them to be so open about it and telling everyone that you know you know we want people to speak about Hamish. You don't want people to forget. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and I thought that was and the Christmas card thing was. Uh, that was really interesting. Really, yeah. Really interesting and and because um, yeah, I mean, I would never have even thought about that before. Yeah, but it's right, you know, that's how it should yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's no, that is probably more than any other time of the year. I mean, Christmas time obviously is a time for kids. Mm. These, you know, it's all about Christmas cheer and all that sort of thing. And kids get super excited about Christmas and, you know, adults get excited about the kids getting excited about Christmas and all that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that's going to be obviously going to be a tough time you know and uh yeah want that to be the best it can be by you know thinking about Hamish and remembering mm -hmm. him and, uh, and all the rest of it so the, yeah the Christmas card thing was I'd never thought about it before but um it's I think it's uh, really good to get these things out in the open so you know yeah absolutely more of us know yeah. how what the best way to deal with it is and, uh, and the thing is you might you know I think the saying nothing is 
going to be the worst thing, right? You might say the wrong thing, but, you know, they're not going to, you know, they won't hold it against you if you're talking. And yeah, exactly. And they said, you know, sometimes they talk about it and, uh, and it makes them cry, and that's okay. Because, you know, yeah. You feel bad if you're talking about their son and it makes them cry, you know, obviously sometimes it yeah. I mean, I, that's I, such a powerful message to share, yeah. you know, to so many people. You and know, I couldn't really believe, I mean, because we were, I mean, I was a bit, I was a little bit nervous about doing the interview with them, and I sort of did a check-in before it started, that, um, you know, how much was okay to speak about Hamish, and that sort of, because, you know, obviously could get upset, and, and they were like, oh, no, we're, we're you know, we want to talk about him, and, and that's fine, you know, that pretty much asks us anything, and, uh, and that was, so that was, that was reassuring for me that I wasn't going to be, you know, that thing of mm-hmm. I'm going to sit you down and uh, just destroy you emotionally um, for the sake of a podcast. You know, that's not what I was going to do at all. So, um, but I was amazed. I mean, how much of that story they were telling and mm-hmm. just holding it together. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's amazing that they're so strong. Uh, yeah, they're fantastic. That, that just comes from from keeping Hamish with them and talking about him and mm-hmm. in his name, you know. I'd imagine they couldn't have done that in the first wee while, obviously, but uh, they've they've dealt with it so well that now they can. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's just amazing. It really is mm-hmm. amazing what they've done and what they've yeah. created. I mean, how I'm just like you said at the very beginning, you know, being inspired. Like who inspires you? Well, gah, really, 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 just I take my hat off to them. It's an amazing thing that they've done, and it's mm-hmm. just it's so important because, like you say, that they're helping so many people, and you know, even just being able to to share their story again and all the charity work they're doing, you know, it it mm-hmm. does make a massive difference. And I, for one, will be. You know, I I'm a better person for having listened to it, and I thank them for their honesty, really, because mm-hmm. it really it's it's really made me think about not just how I speak to people that have lost somebody, but just really how you be a better human on yeah. this planet. You know, it's definitely, like there's so definitely. much we can do, so much mm-hmm. we can do to help others, and we get so stuck, you know, thinking that we're hard done by in life but actually we're so lucky and there's always something more that can be done so mm. yeah really 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 wonderful yeah. Yeah, um, to listen yeah. to that, that and their yeah, story that's, that's a really important thing you've said there as well about you know appreciating things and cherishing things I mean, yeah they, exactly obviously they will feel sad that they lost Hamish but they will also feel so happy and blessed to have had him you know mm, uh, absolutely um, yeah. and he still is in their lives you know yeah always be and all of ours now <laughs> and yeah I mean that's it I mean I, I, I never really said that on the, on the interview but um, so we, we briefly spoke about um, Johnny and Anna Cordner and Kaylee's mm, yeah, yeah, yeah a very similar story with uh, their daughter Kaylee and um, at the time when they started their charity I was just about to become a dad and uh there's a lot of a lot of uh, promotional stuff for their charity on Facebook and and all the rest of it. And sort of when I had uh, my eldest 
daughter the first sort of six months of year of her life and I mean I was just every time I saw anything to do with Kaylee I was like oh man just so upset about it you know I just like really hit home now that I was a parent and, and just imagining what that must be like um, and, and all that sort of thing and I, I've uh, said to to Anna and uh, to Chris uh, a couple of times that you know like like I felt as if I've known I knew Kaylee and Hamish, you know, just through mm-hmm. that was shared, and and I and I I will never forget about those two little kids. You yeah, know. always be yeah. a part of uh, my thinking, and and I often um, think about those guys. I mean, Hamish is the same age as my eldest daughter, and Kaylee would have been, I think, two years older. Um, but um, you know, and, and probably I'm constantly reminded about it because I'm friends with them, and I see mm-hmm. the. Old, a lot of stuff, but yeah, I'm, I often think about them, and uh, I don't know if you heard the, the song that uh, John and his mates recorded. <clears throat> I did, yeah. That, that's, I remember I listened to that song uh, at my desk in an open plan office, not quite sure, and I, yeah, had to stop it and go to the Oh, door. yeah. I was Absolutely. like an emotional mess, you know, and... Uh, and I mean, just being, having the courage to write that song and sing that song, mm-hmm. Little Girl Who We'd Lost, and, you know, all of these things have just stuck right in my head, and I will never, ever, ever forget about these guys. And uh, and, I, and that's, I mean, those charities are close to my heart, and I've, I've done little bits and pieces for them. But that, that's the reason that um, we're doing that charity run in September, those two charities. Yeah. Quite right. We'll, we'll, we'll do. We'll, we'll have more about that sort of later on. We've mentioned it a couple of times, but we're not gonna. We're not going. Yeah. Full promotional drive after we're having <laughs> No, but I look forward to helping support them both. Yeah, we're going to get um, Johnny and Anna on the on as guests as well. Actually, that's yeah. Got lined up, but um, yeah, that should happen within the next month or two. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will be good because um, obviously a very similar story and you know it was really nice to hear Chris and Holly saying how much uh, Johnny and Anna had inspired them and, and helped them. Yeah, it was that was really and lovely. It. And what what those guys have done is amazing as well. I mean, I can't believe mm-hmm. uh, how much good has come out of those uh, those sad stories. It's it's fantastic. But um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So thanks again to Chris and Holly. I really really appreciated um coming to chat to me and giving us our story and uh so maybe as well as chatting about um obviously the the big part of that story which is is all about hamish but um chris as a runner is phenomenal yeah. he's uh, yeah he's been running for uh, i think you said was it two years or three years three years maybe now ah not long not long at all and i mean he in marathon, well, half marathon and marathon terms, unbelievably quick. I mean, he's yeah, he's I know. Under, <laughs> under under one twenty for his half, and then went on to run two fifty four at uh, Lochranach Marathon, which isn't yeah. And he sounded so um, all right about it. He's like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, unreal, unreal. He did, yeah, he did London last year when it was tough, and it, lots of people were yeah. Pretty, and he ran a three one, so I was like, I know. Yeah, definitely good for a, That's a solid run. And then he did, yeah. the, did it later that year at Lochranach, and uh, 
Yeah, so I don't know why he's he's not been doing so much running lately. He's telling me he's been playing too much football to to, to get much running done. So not sure what he's got planned. Mm. Yeah, if he, if he uh, puts some good training in, look out because he's going to be faster and faster. Like I mean, amazing stuff. Totally, I know. Yeah, and another thing. Yeah. Another, I mean, that's all of these things are are, are inspiring. And I've said that word about five hundred times this episode. But <laughs> it's true, but um, the Holly's work. Um, that was lovely. Social worker. I mean, that was fantastic. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh my god. What a, yeah, it's great. Fantastic way to yeah help people, you know, in a different mm-hmm. way. Um, Absolutely. Encourage them to do something active and build their confidence, and you know, running a full five k for the first time, and that's. I mean, that I think that can be really powerful. Uh, actually, mm, uh, oh, totally. Uh, I would, I would quite happily prescribe running to every, everybody. Yeah. Any sort of problem, you know, unless it's <laughs> two missing legs or something. But, uh, you know, I think it can help in so many ways, actually. And uh, yeah, that was mm-hmm. really, really good to hear. And uh, yeah, I hope. Um, she said she's on secondment, so she's not involved. But I hope they keep that up. Uh, and oh yeah, goes. I'm sure they do. That sort of thing's got to be encouraged, I think, everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. so, sort of social issues and, and that sort of thing, uh, health issues, mental health issues, physical health issues, and, and, and all the rest of it in the country, getting people out there and being active is is going to help, you know? The more people yeah. are cycling or hill walking or swimming or whatever it is, um, you know, everyone will be happier. And, uh mm-hmm. That's cool. And I mean, yeah, so relating that back to what Chris said, I mean, he, he used running to to stop him being angry about stuff, you know, like that. Yeah. For, for lots of people. Um, mm-hmm, totally. Less, less aggressive people going about if they were mm-hmm. banging out sub three marathons, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, for sure. That was, that was really good. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, a really really enjoyable chat I had with those guys um, and yeah so I wish them whatever they're doing next and I'm going to be running the Baker Hughes 10k on Sunday sporting the Hamish Deer's, Hamish Deer's vest that uh, they kindly yeah gave. what so, a great finish yeah. um, I tried out two Mondays ago track session and I ran my best ever 10k track session so I think it's got superhero powers, that vest. So. Yeah, you don't need the trainers. You don't need those <laughs> yeah. Nike, whatever they yeah. are, just that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I tell you, I mean, I I was thinking about Amish for lots and lots of that run. I don't know if it was because it was only like three days after we'd had the chat. But I had, okay, yeah. And there was times, you know, I was running the track and I was sort of, Remembering Chris saying that he, when he's out running, he visualizes Hamish running with him and that sort of thing. And I was imagining that actually in my head, you know, just, and I was like, that's, if, if that was my story, I could see how that would help. You know, I could just see it. Yeah, quite. So, yeah. So that little little guy's inspiring me as well. So, yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, that sort of leads us into what's, what is coming up for both of us in the next couple of weeks. So I'll, I'll go first this time, since we've already mentioned uh, Baker Hughes 10K on Sunday. Yeah. 
that is the race I've been most excited about for two years, I think. <laughs> Which I could be building myself up. <laughs> <Did not. laughs> I was quite excited about um, about the what's it called Brody Castle 10k in November last year and I didn't think I was in PB shape but I was just in the best shape I've been in for a while and the wind kind of got to everybody and we had a mm. 30 to 40 seconds slower because of that and I, I was a little bit annoyed but you know I still had a good run and I was quite happy with it and I was pretty excited about the Fraserburgh half marathon and late two weeks after that and I did run a PB there but uh, again, it was a bit windy that day as well, so I'm hoping that's going to be a, a recurring theme. But um, I got a PB, first PB I'd run for two years, so I was really chuffed with that. And then I was even more excited about the Ken Loss half marathon, but I <laughs> bollocks it off. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I learned some very valuable lessons, and I've been trying to remember that all week and trying to be <laughs> more sensible and stuff. Um, keep hydrated and all that sort of stuff and then on Saturday yeah. we'll not be going out to charity dinner until one o'clock in the morning so no and then I was quite excited about the Geary half as well but I, I did know that that was probably not a PB course and stuff anyway and the, the weather was horrendous but it was yeah I've just not, training's not gone this well for ages so I'm, I'm really really yeah excited. I think the weather's so, going to be not too bad I've not looked and I'm not going to look I've decided. No. <laughs> just gonna rock up and positive. see what it's like. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I've got there's a few there's a few of us from the running club going actually, and everyone is on form. I mean, good. Oh, that's gonna be exciting. Uh, young day. young guy Max Abernethy, give him a shout out because he's unbelievable at the moment. He is 17, nearly 18, and he's been running for a few years, but um. This last year, he's got so fast, it's unbelievable. He ran, he's run a sub-34, uh, and a year ago, I don't think he's run, he had, he had run a sub-37 a year ago, but only just. So he's fully Righty. three minutes quicker, I think, uh, in a year. And um, what I was, his sub-34 was at, I think it was at Bucky. And, you know, not, I guess it would be like second or third or something. I can't remember now, but it was uh, not a sort of stacked field, but there'll be loads of folk running that sort of times at, at Baker Hughes. So he could go, if he latches on a group or something, he could go pretty mm. fast. Excited to see what he does. And then a couple of other guys, <clears throat> another young lad, Johnny Buchan, who only took up running about a year and a bit ago, a year and a half or something. And he, he's run a sub-36. <laughs> And uh, like a 35-30 or something, and uh, you're on a sub-60-10 miler um, at the end of last year. You know, and he was on his, his first, first 10K race last June, at Frisbrough 10K. Um, so he's coming on something incredible as well. And then... What are you feeding them all up there? <laughs> beetroot <I> juice. <laughs> <laughs> some, of, some of Chris's beetroot shots, yeah. But, um, so, um, and then Mark, my pal Mark, he's, uh, he's been threatening to run a really fast 10K for ages, but it hasn't worked for him. He was at Brody Castle 10K with me, and the weather wasn't in his favour, but he, he, he's not told me what his target is. He's being all okay. carved close to his chest. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a sub 
35, I reckon, anyway. Um, I don't know who else is going from the club, but there's um, probably a few. I'll be, there'll, there'll be a few of us, I'm sure. Um, so that's cool. Um, so that'll be exciting. Exciting for everyone. Hope yeah. The, the weather is okay, like, like you're... Yeah, oh, I hope so. Okay, if it's not okay, I'm coming back and blaming you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's uh, that's this weekend for me, and then I kind of just going to be jumping back, really jumping back into training next week. Uh, obviously, need a couple of days to of easy stuff, but Frisbee ten k is after five weeks later. So um, this oh, is yeah, last chance, last chance saloon to get and um, try and get a couple of good shorter races before I jump up to doing ultra marathon training. So I'm I'm kind of wanting to capitalise on it. I've done and yeah. hopefully get a couple of good times um, and uh, hopefully get a good placing at Fraserburgh. I mean, Baker Hughes is stacked. Before. If I get anywhere near the top 20, I'll be pretty happy. But I was, what was I, sixth at Fraserburgh last year and I wasn't on forum. Mm-hmm. So to, to get a couple of fingers places. crossed, yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's me and you're possibly allowed to think about running. Is that kind of a bit? Yeah, so it'll be easy. Just going to take it easy. I've got physio again next week, so I'll wait and see how that goes. Who are you going to see out of interest? I see a woman whose practice is an inch called Angela Walker. She's amazing. She's a runner as well. She's Ah, very, very good. You get someone in the runner. That's good. I mean, the guy. Ah, yeah, she's really good. Everyone raves about James. Crookshank and Aberdeen, she is actually on Yeah, 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 yeah. Angela Walker. She's right. mentioned him. Yeah, she's mentioned him before. Mm-hmm. It's been a good. She's good like that. She's always, uh, you know, she's very positive of lots of other people. Uh, yeah, yeah. Things. So I think you can go. Yeah, she's great. Busy as you are, not runners, and it's not. Yeah. Never quite. I don't really think the it's the right thing. You need to see someone who knows about. Her. Yeah, she just understands. She mm-hmm. knows the mental side of it as well. You know, she knows like, you know, she knows that I need to 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 get outside. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's with caution that I'm going back out. Um, she's told me what I need to do to make sure that I can mm-hmm. get out a couple of times this week. And she runs uh, with us in the Inch Trail Running Club. So oh, the great thing is as well, um, so you can go and see her and you get some treatment and whatnot and then you go to the next club session and she's kind of there to keep an eye on you <laughs> yeah so it's yeah. really helpful it's really good ah, that's so that's, i'm gonna yeah. go for a run with her next week oh you get a run with her that means you she'll yeah. be so that's good that's good yeah so that's so, so remind us um what is the lakeland 100 when is that but it's the end of July, so I've, um, I'm all right. I've got time to make a proper recovery, so yeah. that's that's the goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got uh, eleven weeks or so. Yeah, so we're okay. We're good. We're good just now. I reckon. I think Angela reckons we worked it back. Kind of worked out where we thought the stem of the injury came from. Um, six to eight weeks to get full recovery. So I'm probably about four or five weeks into that. So I really need to go a bit easy for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Can sort of start to think about doing some big sessions I suppose, before. I mean, I suppose the good thing is though, with with ultra running and hundred mile running, yeah. like I'm not going to say it's easy. <laughs> That's not what I mean. You don't 
You don't it's a different type of thing. You don't, you don't necessarily hard. have to be yeah. running hard. No, I mean it'll feel hard. Yeah, exactly. Points of that, but the run you yeah. could comfortably train well for a hundred mile run without Absolutely. running. Absolutely. Oh yeah. 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 You know. Slow it so, down. It's not gonna. Yeah. It's not gonna. You know, mm-hmm. mean that you can race. So yeah. So it's good. Cool. That's it. So I'll yeah. just be watching you lot. I'll be uh, yeah. following yeah. your racing. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, fingers crossed it goes goes all right this weekend. Anyway. Yeah, good luck. And hope, hopefully your your injury clears up really quickly and you can get back. Ah, oh, yeah, you'll so, hear about it in a couple of weeks, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> I'll see you for on a seventy mile training run or something on Strava. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can officially sort of shout at me if I do that. Yeah, yeah, I will. Uh, I'm sure Angela will shout at you as well. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's uh, chatting enough crap for long enough. Um, <laughs> we can probably wrap it up. So, give the usual uh, plug for Explore Running. If you could like us on Facebook, um, it's just Facebook slash Explore Running. I do have an Instagram page which I've not been using lately, actually, but it's Explore Running Everywhere. I need to put more stuff on there. Um, I keep forgetting to take photographs when I'm running, so it's a bit boring otherwise. You're too fast. That's why. <laughs> I'll start. I'll start taking some photos and send them to you. How about that? Oh ah, well, okay. You can. You can. You can take over on Instagram actually if you want. That'd be cool. You're better than mine. I love a bit of Instagram. <laughs> ah yeah, definitely cool. Uh, so anyway, that's yeah, uh, Explore Running Everywhere. There's a Twitter account as well, but I've never actually used. I don't really know how to use Twitter. I should get into that a bit more. Um, and then explorerunning.co.uk as well um, that needs updated actually but we get a gist of what we do in there the podcast is on there so uh, check us out and like us and give us a rating and all that stuff and on your podcast app if you could give us a subscribe first of all so that this, these future episodes land right in your phone or whatever that'd be cool and if you could drop us a rating I haven't checked but we 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 are currently five star rated, I think, because we've got a five star review. <laughs> Don't get who else has left the rating. Let's get a quick look here to see. Hopefully, we're not we're not been rated one star by somebody else. Um, so yeah, I think that helps with people finding us and that sort of thing. If you can drop a review and a rating, then that's that'll be much appreciated. Um, I haven't actually checked either to see if we get any more international listeners. Last time we had a Danish listener who. And then, yeah, we've still got five stars and one rating. Cool. Yeah, so feel free to give us another one. That'd be cool. Um, and, of course, um, spread the word as well. That'd be cool. And if you could. Um, I was trying to look up the listeners there, but I'm not logged in. I get bothered. Um, I'm sure we've got like folk from all over the world now, Australia and other places, Africa. Global takeover. I've already got USA. That's cool. Surely from the Camille Heron thing. But um yes, uh, go back and have a listen to past episodes. This is episode five, so we've got four really good episodes before, I think, with uh, some really interesting running guests, all very different actually. Um ultra runners, four hundred meter runner, uh marathon runner, um all got very inspira- inspiring stories in different ways. Um so that'd be cool. Go back and check them out. And I think that's about it. Cool. Yeah. 
Well, good luck on Sunday. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good luck to anyone else who's right. on Sunday. Um, there are literally thousands, I think, at Baker Hughes. I can't remember what the number is, but it's a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, good luck to all of you guys. And uh, and if you're in Aberdeen, give us a shout out. Cheer everybody who runs past you. We, we love a bit of uh, encouragement from the sidelines. So. Um, and good luck to anyone else who's going to be wearing a Hamish Deer's top because I'll be there in my one, so that'll be cool. Come and come and say hello, and uh, see how we go on. All right. All right. Speak to you later. Okay. Bye. 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 Yeah.